Morelia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. Uh, on tonight's episode, <laughs> the pre-Carpet Fest, uh, well, kind of pre-Carpet Fest episode. No, no, it's like... We have one more week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but next week we actually have a guest and a topic, so... <laughs> This is like the, uh, yeah, I wanted to make it the other way around, but uh, David couldn't, he works best for him next week. So anyway, uh, I figured uh, it seems like there's some, uh, some topics that are uh, going around that uh, are kind of heated and well, I shouldn't say heated. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. That are kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, creating sort of a controversy. One of them being Xanax. Um, oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, which is good because uh, I need to know this shit, and no one's given me a straight answer. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ben's calling back in because um, he's got something really good, cool that him and Sean are donating to um, to the auction for Carpet Fest. Um, and uh, I figured it would be better for him to just hit on it because also he's going to be looking for uh, sheds and stuff if people wanted to uh, to bring to bring the carpet fest and stuff to uh, to to help him I guess in his uh, endeavors. I'm trying to look at where his uh, number is, but uh, so what's going on with you, man? I got like, dude, I was I was not expecting, but all of a sudden over this weekend. I got, mm-hmm. like, buried in corn snake eggs. Like, I got I, – I wasn't really even paying attention to the corn snakes this year because I'm like, eh, here you go, guys, do your thing. And I kind of figured that it was a strike out all the way around because the Cal Kings already laid. So I'm like, nah, all right, corn snakes didn't go. You know, my boys are a little bit older. Maybe it's starting to get to that point. And then all of a sudden, like, in the past week, I just got buried in corn snake eggs, like every single one of my girls, save for one, uh, laid a clutch of like above ten eggs, and I'm like, oh shit! So I got colubrids all of a sudden, man. It's all nuts up here. <laughs> so <laughs> nice, but it's like I keep thinking about that the season. It, it feels like the season should be further along because I mean, like you've got babies and you're starting feed trials and all that Ooh. stuff. I, I have not. I hatched one carpet python um out of that jungle clutch where everything just went wrong i got one baby and right. last year i got i last year i got all girls out of the four eggs that survived guess what this one is uh <laughs> is it uh a girl <laughs> it's a goddamn girl it's like i have right. another girl and i'm like you know usually most people other- are happy about that <laughs> well, yeah, but the problem is, is that I've had four girls, and I still have two of them left here, and now all of a sudden I got another girl, and some people are like, that's an awesome female, do you have any males? No, I do not, and that continues, <laughs> like, I would like to <laughs> the boy, yeah, but no right. matter what sex you want, I don't have it, like, that's what we're looking at here, so um, we'll see, and maybe the next uh, next clutch we'll start getting some boys, but that was my only jungle clutch this year, so I don't have any. Like I said, I feel like I should be further along. Like I should have baby carpets, and the eggs should not be coming. But the corn snakes just went, and then I still am holding out for my bread lie. So eggs aren't finished yet, and we still got um, 
babies don't start hatching until end of, end of this month. I'm sorry, end of June and mm-hmm. into July. So it's like I'm a couple months Holy behind shit. here, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, I have a lot of babies, man. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a hundred. Hundred, yeah. maybe plus. Yeah. Do you remember? So, do you remember at one point lot. when like your main collection was a hundred, and you were like, yes. "That's a lot." Now a lot. your breeding is a hundred something babies on top of the. I think you're over a hundred. If I'm ninety something, you've got to mm-hmm. be over a hundred snakes. Breeders. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Completely. Easy. Yeah. Easy. yeah. Yeah, we should we should count it and then make you feel real bad. So, well, you know, no, you know what I do? I just look at my Reptis scan and I look at the number and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, oh, good lord, because <laughs> it counts everything in there. You know how like when you're a breeder, you kind of like separate your breeding from your babies because you're not keeping the yeah. babies and you know you yeah, don't ever count the babies. You don't no. you don't count them. But when you see no. that actual number is like a real number, you're like, what? <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, like well the babies. Yeah. You never count the babies because the baby number is fluid. It changes. Depends. Yeah. They all leave. Like the whole point is that they go away. Some open. And then you, <laughs> exactly. And then you only <laughs> add the ones to. You only add your numbers to the holdbacks. Even then, you know, holdbacks aren't safe until they're about a year or so old for me. Because then I'd be like, yeah, you're not turning out the way I want you to out. Like you know, that's just how that goes. So, but if you start looking, like I accidentally did it because I was looking up. Uh, food and caging and kind of rearranging the room a little bit and started making uh-huh. a list of every animal, what they're eating and where their cows. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, Oh shit. Oh. And like, it just kept going and I'd get halfway through something. I'd be like, Oh crap. I forgot these animals and I have to put them on. And that added four or five more. So yeah, it, it, lists are bad. Yeah, man. Don't ever make lists. Yeah. <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Yeah. It's the downfall. Yeah, exactly. It gets, uh, it can get, I don't know. It seems better when you don't know. <laughs> Just see, I mean, well, it doesn't change. It's still the same, but for some reason, exactly. you're like, we well, don't think about it. It's like, you yeah. know, it, it would just be kind of just how it goes. It, you know, just clearly you can handle it. So, so yeah. So I've done a little bit of a different setup for my babies this year. Um, mm-hmm. I've been using the, so I used to use six quart tubs. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, they're pretty big for, for baby carpets. Um, and they kind of just grew into them. So what I changed to, I don't even know what the size is, but it's like, a, it's, it's not as tall. It's probably, it's, it's a little point. shorter than a six quart, but it's not as tall. It's, it, you is probably it can fit. It might be four. Yeah, it might yeah. be four. Um, so basically what I've been doing is I used to use paper towel holders, um, you know, and cut them and use them for a hide. But this year I just used, I'm using uh, moss. Um, yeah, and a, like a wad of that in there, right? Yeah, just chucking a wad of that. And I, I you know, I, it's wet down a little bit when they're first going in, you know, before their first shed or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. uh, what I found is I was just telling you before the show, man, like feeding trials are freaking awesome. Like usually in the past, what I've done is, uh, you know, I struggled with getting them to feed. I say mm-hmm. that because the albinos have just hatched, but <laughs> I, I struggle <laughs> we with We haven't them. even tried yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried them yet. But um, 
I struggled with getting uh, babies to go, and uh, right. I don't, you know, some people will say uh, they need a perch. Some people will say they need a hide. I've always felt that mm. the hide was better than the perch, but, you know, that's just my I experience. Um, you know, those snakes want to hide, feel secure, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I basically put that moss in there, and they seem to just, and I kind of saw it from, you know, it's kind of what uh, I think Keith had mentioned it to me with short tails, and also uh, I know Matt uses it with his short tails as well, you know, when he has like kind mm-hmm. of a, a stubborn feeder. Anyway, they're, they're off to the races, man, so I think that's going to be my new new setup for that. Just don't even bypass the hide. And, you know, I guess just as long as they can get down in there and feel secure, then, you know, then they're good to go. But mm-hmm. I'm on frozen thawed. Typically what I did is I struggled oh, with frozen really? thawed in the past. And, um, I ended up just going live. Well, I only did one live feeding and, you know, I had about, I think, what did I say? It was like three or four that have mm-hmm. been held out three or four, Yeah, you know, out of like 50, <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, no. And of course it's the nice, it's always the freaking nice one. It dude. is always it's the always nice always one. Always the nice one. I swear. Always like, the pretty ones. They're always bitch. stupid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So finally I'm at my, um, let's see. I think my next clutch to hatch will be right before Carpet Fest will be Red Tigers. And... Mm. um. Caramel tigers. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I forget. So those two. Tigers is here. Yeah. The uh, what's weird, uh, you know, I had my first uh, <laughs> my first uh, maternal incubation failure for the season. Um, <clears throat> so the caramel, the caramel. Well, dare I say this word, or I might get punched in the head. You know, <laughs> head exanic. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the caramel head exanic. Yeah. So uh, I went and looked in, um, in her, at, at her clutch and she seemed, she, she stayed on the clutch, had it wrapped tight. Perfect. And, um, I went to, to look because she was due and she was off the eggs, but the eggs just look bad. They just look bad. So yeah, eh, that's kind of like, uh, I mean, I guess you, you take it, you know, you take the good with the we'll bad. So, I mean, are we talking bad, bad? Like, are you beyond the due date? Oh, yeah. They're they're no good. Oh, yeah, they're, I cut them done. open and look at it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's just a, I mean, to me, um, mm. it's kind of a bummer that I that I didn't get the clutch. But in the same way, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, that's, oh, that's fine. More. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. You know, you know, but it's. Well, yeah, I was going to say, but uh, it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, I, I look at it as it's a, it's a learning experience, you know, what, right. what did I do wrong? And I think, I think with her, she was too, too close to the, to the, to the floor. Whereas okay. like most of my maternal incubation clutches are higher up. So, you know, I don't know. I, that's just a guess. It's just a thought. It could, who well, knows? Did you check for yeah. veins at all when they were born or did you just straight up just be like, Oh, cool. She's beehive. So, yeah. So, I mean, I take, you know, when, when, so when she's wrapped and she's got a really good wrap, usually what Mm -hmm. I do is I kind of just like tap her head and she moves her head away. And if I see that that top egg looks really good, I just kind of roll it. Right. I mean, if I'm going to do maternal incubation. The jungle clutch that I had, the eggs looked like I can show you pictures. They looked perfect. Looked Mm -hmm. freaking fantastic. 
and uh, some of them were developing veins, and then everything just petered off, and then only one wrote it out and hatched. I mean, that's just how it goes. The Woma eggs, um, yeah, they're if they weren't the Loma eggs, I would have put them in the dumpster already. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm not going to get a single Loma baby and that sucks, but it's that like, sucks. all right, I got eggs. So next year we're going to try again, but, um, yeah, those eggs, goes. man, those eggs are tough. I, I don't know, know what it is with them. I don't know either. I'm going to figure it out, but it, that's yeah. the thing is that they can look fantastic. The, mm-hmm. Like a couple weeks after laying, and then they'll just bomb and crater out. So, I mean, they could have been viable or they could have looked viable, but just not been, you know, they could have been some really nice slugs is what I'm saying. There's always infertile. Yeah. Great like that. So. Yeah. I'm noticing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've, I've been my experience this season is pretty much either maternal or I'm using those Sims containers and I like them mm-hmm. a lot. But the one thing that I'm noticing is like, um they do get a lot of like uh, condensation in the box. Right. Um, right. So I think I've said this before, but one of the tricks that I learned from Buddy Buscemi is, is that, you know, I just took like a, a dowel, dowel rod yeah. and I kind of like yeah. prop it. So it's kind of on an angle. So like if those, they're not going to drip down, it's just going to kind of, uh, you know, it's going to roll down to the edge of the tub yeah. and then down into the bottom. Um, right. So I don't know, but I did notice like there was a couple eggs that were right, like really close to the edge of the box. And I noticed that they started to mold. Um, So I did still get babies to hatch out of like somewhat moldy eggs, but you know, I don't know, dude, I I would probably try to keep them as center as possible. I'm fighting with the Woma eggs because it was always the, um, some of the caramel tiger to caramel jag eggs got a little bit of mold on some of the weak parts of the egg, which that, uh-huh. you know, you, you attack it with the athlete's foot powder. You just sprinkle it on the eggs and the mold just dies. So yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So you take yeah. that, you just kind of like, you literally sprinkle it just on the egg. I sprinkle it and then I kind of blow on the eggs to kind of get any excess off. And then I just walk away. It's done. You know, if you okay. really want to get meticulous, you can take a, uh, um, like a Q-tip and kind of get the powder on individual mold spots. But I used mm-hmm. to use um, water like in the beginning, way back when this is pre goatee Owen, when I was foolish, young and really stupid. Um, there I was a pre goatee Owen. I did. I know there are pictures, <laughs> um, but it was, uh, I used Listerine to fight mold on. Eggs, yeah. I've done which, that. Yeah. I've done that before too, but I don't like it because now I'm throwing liquid onto eggs, and the liquid dries, and the egg temperature fluctuates. Gotcha. No problem. None at all. Right. But I almost prefer just throwing a couple things of powder on it and walking away. Um, it kind of seems simpler, easier, and less stress. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if you had a chance to check out the uh... – Garrett Hartle's uh, Reach Out Reptile YouTube video where he used the Sims container, but he put these, um, he basically put, uh, uh, what do you call those things you put in, a, um, like isopot? No. Uh, what's the things you what? put in a uh, bioactive substrate? Oh, bioactive substrate. Yeah, but the, yeah. They, 
Springtails? springtails? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah that's what it it's is. Springtails and isopods, yeah. All right, so the springtails basically eat the mold. So what, what? he did was, yeah, springtails. Thanks, Riley. Riley. Uh, <laughs> so basically, uh, he put it was really cool. You check out his YouTube video on it; it's really cool. And I think he did an update on his Facebook page or whatever. But basically, he took one of those Sims containers and he and he put like a bioactive substrate in the bottom, and he put those springtails in the bottom. And the idea was is that with retic eggs, I guess because they take so long, you know, to incubate. Mm. And usually when you have those uh, longer, you know, stents of time, you you have a bigger chance of mold. So there was an mm. egg that had mold on it, and he was showing that, the you know, the springtails were all over it, eating the mold off, you know, which I thought was – that was interesting, man. That, was, that is incredible. Know, I always – I was like seeing those things that kind of push things forward and people thinking outside the box type of deal. So, well, and this is something that also like is something else that could have possibly been brought over from a different reptile corner because I know monitor guys usually bury the eggs in mm-hmm. in a bioactive substrate or at least the lizard will bury it in a bioactive substrate and then we will pull it out and throw it in a box. So it's like potentially they may be preparing for that and they have longer incubations than ours like i can hatch four or five carpet python clutches before monitor eggs hatch like you know it's like what yeah it's a good point yeah Yeah, it's going in they're they're digging it and putting it in there and yeah Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense but i just thought it was uh you know it was just a a different way to to you know to look at it and you know try to come up with a solution to a problem you know but i dig i dig that stuff you know anything that can change it up and mess it up a little bit that anything that makes your life a little bit easier, the less have to, like, you know, I don't have to worry about it. I'm like, Oh, I put yeah. the eggs here. And if there's mold that pops up, Springtail's got it, you know, and that yeah. might even be, um, depending on how well the bioactive is, will they take care of dead eggs? Like, you know, you remember, you've always seen the clutch where it's like all these beautiful white eggs. And there's like one in the center that's like brown and crinkled and kind of, I'm like, mm-hmm. And, that, and then clearly that one was bad, and it, you know it, it normally just dies, and you let it go. I always get worried that something might spread to the other eggs, and I know it's highly unlikely. I just it's one of my little things. If a bioactive substrate is there, will they like clean out that egg? Will they take care of that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, as I start to get into uh, you know like scrubs and poplins and all that oh kind of God. stuff That's with right. long incubation times. Uh, <laughs> I may, I may experiment with that a little bit just to, you know, to see how it goes. Retics, all that kind of stuff. Those babies are going to be the size of your two year old fresh out of the egg. What? Pop ones? No, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 retics, <laughs> the pop ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I was thinking about that, you know, how I like to map stuff out. I'm like, wow, this is probably going to be a year where like, I don't breed you know what I mean? I think those years I would focus on those, like those yeah. specific pairings and trying to figure it out and not really breed anything else. But I don't know. We'll see. I say that now, Knock five years from now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, well, oh, man. Well, think about it this way. You know, maybe you don't, maybe you still do two or three carpet clutches, but then you let everybody else sit. So you focus on the big ones. You know, you don't have to breed every single carp python that's in your room. Dude. You know, and then and then just and then just focus on the big guys because I I would probably be more excited and probably feel more accomplished if I had a year where it was like 
maybe two or three carpet python clutches go, but like every other other species lays a clutch. And then we're like, ah, cool, done. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this now on the air so that if somebody tries to rip me off, maybe like years from now, I can be like, Mm -hmm. I said it first. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, you know, I got this video from the bar and Ben's on on the line. So we're going to click him on in a second right after I say this. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, the Barkers put out this uh, video uh, on ball pythons and it was a DVD and I bought it and it was like, way way back and i don't even think you can get it anymore it was a dvd and it oh. talked about ball pythons how to keep them how oh to breed God. them just you know it was it was so early in the uh you know like in herpticulture that they didn't even know if clown was a proven mutation like they didn't think that it was going to be oh. something that proved out genetic you know so so you can j- just have that as an idea of how old this video is and um Anyway, I was thinking about it, and, you know, Garrett, when he came on the show a while back, he was, at the very end of the show, he was kind of talking about, you know, my goal of, like, working with all the different python species, et cetera, et cetera, and it was like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are you going to do with that? And I'm thinking, and I'm like, yeah, what am I going to do with that? And it's like, well, yeah. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, like... You know, I was thinking like, you know, everybody writes books and all that. And I said, wouldn't it be cool? There was somebody that made a a video or, you know, I guess by the time that I would make it, it who knows what kind of technology it would be. It might be just implanted in your brain or some shit like that. But anyway, um, I was thinking like the Venom interviews was really awesome, like really well done. And I'm very, you know, I have that artistic side of me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, what if I did that kind of thing, but did it for pythons instead of like the Venom interviews? You know what I mean? So it'd be like, you know, I don't want to say for lack of a better title at this point, but like the Python interviews, but like, you know, just doing like a, a some kind of documentary type of thing where you're highlighting all these different species and showing people and yeah. like like I'm thinking like man I'd have to get like some elaborate setups and stuff and like you know have them crawling through to make it look like it's naturalistic stuff and you know I don't know I just think it, it could be really cool and then talking to uh, you know, different breeders of pythons and their experiences and, you know, things that they've been through and stuff like that. So anyway, that's, you know, I was thinking like, Oh, that would be something that would, you know, might be cool to do. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe nobody will care. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I, I say release it on a VHS tape and then watch everybody like, what the hell is this? And have to try (laughs) to get a VCR. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bring back the VCR. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Beta rules, man. <laughs> Beta rules. <laughs> All the young people are like, what the hell is Beta? What the hell? Eric <laughs> yeah. his entire album on vinyl. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds better. Well, vinyl's yeah. back in now, you know. So that's oh, cool. of course. But, uh, yeah, circles. Yeah. <laughs> let's get Ben on here. Let's see what he yeah, has to uh, chat with us about. <laughs> It's just spinning and so oh, there it is. Hey Ben, welcome yeah. back to MPR. How you doing, man? Doing well. How about y'all? Oh, we're doing, doing good. Right. I'm just trying to relax a little bit before the shenanigans uh are uh will begin in a in a few. Oh weeks. yeah. Yeah. It's gonna start like yeah, next week. Coming up quick. Yeah, man. 
So anyway, the reason that uh, you're coming back on is because I thought um, rather than me or Noah and butcher what you're going to uh, offer in the auction, I thought it would be awesome if you would just say it and we could talk about uh, some of the things that you were looking for, et cetera, et cetera. So go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited. I'll get to be there. Uh, my friend Keevan helps me with the animals here. Um, he's going to drive up with me. So cool. get to be there in person. So if this is nice, con- <laughs> confusing at all, I'll be able to explain it in person. Whoever, whoever uh, wins the raffle or wins the, uh, the auction. Um, but what I'll do is I'll give give people a choice. Um, you could either uh, use the the voucher for uh, getting two pythons genotypes, so it'd be like this DNA fingerprint, and that would essentially prepare. That would be you know entries that would go into a database that will be starting. So we uh, we do officially have a name now. It's going to be Rare Genetics Inc. or RGI, and we have a logo that's just about done. And as soon as that happens, um, that'll go on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, all that fun stuff. And uh, then people will be able to find us. But it'll be Rare Genetics Inc. Um, so anyway, um, so. Uh, that's one choice, and like I said, once all that other stuff gets rolling, then we'll be working on fixing up that database, getting that all set up so that all of these things can be organized and, and we can be able to refer back and compare, um, like we talked about last time I was on, mm-hmm. the, the uh, age-old question of what's in my carpet. Um, so people... <laughs> People registering animals like this, that'll be a way to build that database and be able to get to a point where we would be able to answer that for people, um, just like what people do with uh, ancestry tests in humans and and dog breeds tests with dogs. So so that's one, one choice they could make so they could have two pythons registered so they'd kind of be like registered breeders or you know however you want to refer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, then another choice is... I think especially for green tree python keepers, um, I could test two males to see if I can do sex determination on their offspring. So as long as the male is heterozygous for for one of these couple of markers that I have that are to the you know the actual spot in the sex chromosome that makes a python either a male or a female. Um, so it's not quite a perfect test, but as long as the the male hat is heterozygous for one of those, then what you would then be able to do for the rest of his life, whenever he has babies, um, you can just send their sheds to me, and I would be able to tell you for a you know pretty good price. I'd be able to tell you whether they're male or female right off the bat, just from that first shed, so you'd know it, you know, ten days old or two weeks old or whatever it ends up being by the time I get the sheds and and uh, run them. So uh, that'll be a pretty cool thing, I think, especially for green tree python keepers uh, to be able to have that test. Um, oh, and then I'd yeah. also throw out there. Yeah, definitely. I'd throw out there also um, if, if it, whoever wins it was interested in colubrids or um, vipers or lapids, uh, I could do 10 sex determination tests on those. So you have one of those three choices. Nice. That's, That's awesome, and, man. And for the uh, lapids, <laughs> colubrids, and vipers, it is just any shed. I, that test is where I want it to be. So any shed from a, a lapid, viper, or a colubrid, you just 
give it to me, send it to me, and, and I can sex those babies from just that shed. Nice. That's really cool. That is something that has never been, uh, you know, people, I'm I'm thinking people will jump on that. What do you think, Owen? Uh, I am already saving. I have a more <laughs> python shed for you. I have a Madagascan yeah. hogno shed for you. Uh, Good. And I have something else. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> something else downstairs. They're all, they're all downstairs in the freezer. So... <laughs> You know, I'm just gonna there be having, I'm gonna have a box or a styrofoam box for you uh, at Carpet Fest. So, yeah. So that's the other thing is just anyone if you have snakes shedding between now and Carpet Fest, you're coming to Carpet Fest. You know, just bring it with as much information you can give me about it, and I'll happily take it. Even even if there's nothing in particular you want right now from it, I'll use it to just have it here and, and be able to test it. And if it's something that I'm kind of missing and I'll, I'll be running it anyway and I'll let you know what kind of information I get from it. Since we're at the early stages, I'll, I'll take pretty much anything right now. Oh, well, uh, here's a crazy, that's the other thing. So, Oh, okay. Here's a crazy question. Mm-hmm. What about elephant trunk snakes? <laughs> Somebody. Um, what, what family are they in? I don't remember. I'd have to look I that no up. Idea. <laughs> It's not a python. I'm. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Let yeah. me refer to my colubrid expert on the show, Owen. Do you know? <laughs> it's an elephant trunk snake. That's all uh, I got. Whatever that oh, bird is that Riley uh, sent us. That's what it are is. Are they? Are they in the water? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Atro. Acrocorded. Short. Yeah. Atro. Yeah. Yeah. Say yeah, that yeah. again. There you go. Okay. Acrocorded. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't ever done anything with pack-recorded DNA before, um, but, I mean, if you have it, give it to me, and I'll I'll figure out what to do with it for sure. <laughs> well, there you go, I'll, Tony. I'll yeah, there you go. So, yeah, get in touch with Ben and send him whatever. So Yeah, very cool. So is there anything, like, if they're going to bring you these sheds for you to use and, you know, you have, and you, is there any way that they need to bring it, that they have to store it a special way or? Yeah, yeah. So the the first thing you want to do is get it dry as possible. So right after they shed, what I usually do is just kind of pull it apart, like you know, un, unraveling a sock after you take it off your foot. You know, just kind of uh-huh. straighten it out, get it flat so it can completely dry. Um, and I only need, you know, I think we talked about it last time about the size of a quarter. So I, right. I don't, you don't necessarily need to straighten out the whole shed. Sometimes the part of the shed the snake left it pretty straight anyway. So you could just right. rip that part and uh, leave it flat, let it be complete. Once it's completely dry, put it in a Ziploc bag and ride on there with a Sharpie or something like that so I know what what that specific shed, what animal that goes to. And okay. uh, then either write all the inferred data, you know, details right there on the bag or, you know, have a piece of paper or shoot me an email and give me any, any other detail about it that references that animal number or name that you put on the bag. Cool. cool. I gotta try right. to force some sheds here in the next like week and a half. I'm gonna try to do something. I don't know. How do you how do you get all your snakes to shed? So <laughs> Yeah. Um feed them, Owen. <laughs> oh, well there you go. That was a weird change of days for us. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um cool. Well that's awesome, man. I appreciate uh appreciate that. Um I think that'll be, cool be really cool. Awesome. 
Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're uh, you're making your way up, man. It would be. Uh, I think there's going to be like sixty plus people here, man. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. That's awesome. It's going to be insane. <laughs> oh my last gosh. time, last time I went, it was significantly smaller than that. We were at Howard's house. <laughs> Sounds like you've been there a couple of times. It was the year I that you were six. Was about to throw up the whole night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were yeah. like super sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't eat those part of the crabs you're not supposed to eat. So, yeah, you know, that's I'm kind of stupid when it comes. <laughs> that was a bad choice, <laughs> but uh, I promise not to do that again. You know. Yeah, hopefully but, you'll be feeling better this time. Oh, for sure. Well, I better knock on wood, but yeah, I know. And I'll power through just it. Keep going, man. Just keep getting bigger and bigger. So. Yeah, Whew, I don't know, man. We might have to ten years. We might have to go somewhere else, man. <laughs> to, yeah. You have to start renting out a, a big thing. I'm, sure, I'm not sure if my house can keep as many people as your house can. So I'm not even sure if this is uh, – we may have to talk about next year. So. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was getting right. a break. Nope. Uh, so we'll talk. Don't worry. I'll wait till you're drunk at Carpet Fest. That's yeah. when we'll talk. Yeah. You talk to Dory. She'll get it. Awesome. So – um um, I was going to ask you, Ben, since you, uh, since you were on here, um, you know, I think I kind of sent a message to you a little bit, like, you know, I know you were, I, I, I kind of followed this thread about this exanic gene and whatnot. And like, uh, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on it? Like, can it just change? Is it possible? And how does it apply to things like ball pythons? And I guess my last question would be, you know, isn't there like a het red exanic that's really not het it's incomplete dominant and how did that kind of shake out for people (laughs) did that kind of make (laughs) people go crazy yeah so uh if you know if i answer a question strictly being a geneticist so if you have a trait where Uh you either have it all the way or you don't have it that's just those two things so you either you are pied or you're wild type just normal you know, just right. one or the other. Now, that's right. one type of situation. And some axanthics, like axanthic and ball pythons, just straight axanthic, it is. Like, you either are axanthic or you don't. Um, okay. But the other thing that can happen is you could have something in between. So you could have, like, in carpet pythons, uh, jag is in between a normal and then a super jag. Um, where it's, you know, super, super reduced melanin and, and they don't end up living. But mm-hmm. um, so that's that's called incomplete dominant because there's right. three different stages and the het form. So when you have one copy of a gene, that's called a het. Now, in herpeticulture, when people say het, they usually are talking about simple recessive mutation but it's the same terminology, whether it's simple recessive, dominant, co-dominant, incomplete dominant. If it has one copy of the mutation, it's called a het. So a jag is a het. And then a super mm-hmm. jag would be homozygous for jag. And it's so reduced in melanin and its nervous system so messed up that it, it doesn't usually end up living. And right. so what I understand from the axanthic in carpet pythons is you see kind of a gradation. If you have a full axanthic animal and you breed it to a normal, you're going to get about half and half that, I mean, you can tell a difference between them. 
that yes. some of them seem somewhat azanthic, but when you breed two of those somewhat azanthic ones together, you get a full azanthic a fourth of the time. And so that is very clear-cut, incomplete dominant. Like from, if you're going to talk to someone who's a geneticist, you explain to them what's going on, um, that is incomplete dominant. And as long as the people you're talking to can understand that if you have one copy of the gene, it's a het, and if you have two copies of the gene, it's homozygous, you could call them het for azanthic, but it is an incomplete dominant trait. So even though it's het for azanthic, it still looks somewhat azanthic. And so that's what's kind of difficult to uh, to get people to to you know get used to that in their mind. As soon as you say het to herpetoculturists, at least python breeders, um, ball pythons as well, when you say het, then they assume you're talking about a simple recessive trait and that if it's a het, you can't see what it is. Well, in this case, um, it it would probably be easiest for people in herpetoculture to understand if you call it a azanthic and a super azanthic or something like that. Um, right. But, I mean, that that also is awkward. There's not really a, a super simple way to do it, I don't think, at this point, since they've been called azanthics for so long. Um, but I I would probably lean towards that, just call them azanthic and super azanthic, or azanthic and then homozygous azanthic for the ones that are, you know, full azanthic. But that's, like, for people that are purchasing animals there needs to be a way to communicate to them whether they're getting an animal that if they breed it, they're going to get all, you know, this one copy of the mutation het. So they're getting a homozygous azanthic. Every baby's going to get that mutation, one copy of that mutation. Or are they getting one that's a het for azanthic? And so only half the babies are going to get it. That's a pretty big difference. And mm-hmm. if people that are purchasing don't understand that, and you just call both, both, you know, levels of azanthic, you just call it azanthic, then that's, you know, not not a good way to communicate with your customers. No, because I think the other problem is, is that you could have what we call a het that people are, you know what I mean? Like if it's, you're selling it as what would be an exantic or what we would call, what we're calling super exantic right now, which is really not. So, you know, they're thinking they're getting right. You're exactly right. You know, they think they're getting this and they're really getting that. They're not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I know like with hypo boas, they, they kind of went through that same thing. You have hypo and they would call them possible super hypos or or probable super hypos. And, you know, it, it was, you know, a little messy and difficult to know for sure what you were purchasing. And once again, it kind of comes down to, if you want to make sure you get an animal that's going to be what you expect it to be, make sure you buy directly from a breeder that you trust and you can ask questions and they will answer your questions. Some breeders are, you know, very busy, have lots of stuff going on and might not be as responsive. They might be great animals, but for me, what I like the best is a breeder that I know produce that animal and I can ask them questions and they're responsive and I can, you know, know exactly what's going to happen. Otherwise, especially with that azanthic, that seems like there's lots of opportunity for confusion and and, uh, problems and people not getting what they expected. 
Right. Now, is that the same thing that happened with the Het Red Exanic? Is that the same type of deal? Like they thought it was recessive and then it turned out to be incomplete dominant in ball pythons? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, in ball pythons. So a Het Red Exanic does have one copy and then a, mm-hmm. a Red Exanic does have two copies as homozygous for it. Um the history of that, I don't. I honestly don't know for sure. I wasn't really in the ball python world when that gene originated. I think it mm-hmm. was Corey Woods that started that one. But, um, but yeah, I mean that it it works exactly like that. So it the the hets they do look different. It's very easy to tell when you have if you breed a, a red azantic to a normal, you can tell the babies are het red azantics. If you breed a het rate xanthic to a normal, you can pick out the half the clutch that are het rate xanthics. And then when you breed het rate xanthic to het rate xanthic, you get red xanthics about one fourth of the time, and those are homozygous. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, if you followed that, you know, for, for whatever reason, that worked in the ball python world. It's been around long enough. When you say het rate xanthic, people know that that looks different than a normal. But for any other gene, if you say, like if I said het pastel, ball python, then people would be very confused. And if I said that, like, on Instagram, I would get these, you know, you're such an idiot. There aren't het pastels. Like, I know exactly what would happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it is. A pastel ball python is het pastel. That's and a homozygous pastel is a super pastel. Right. So I mean, most of us get into this. You know, we're sort of for the for, even if it's just a little bit, we're some somewhat fascinated by science, genetics, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, for people that are so into that, like when you actually figure something out, like that we have such a hard time like changing the 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 way we think about things you know it's like yeah it must, it must be frustrating as you as being a geneticist you know you and Travis Wyman are probably like guys you're so dumb like smacking your head against the wall like thankfully for me I started the war back in probably 2002 or 2003 I remember being on the Kingsnake forum I don't know if you guys remember that forum where it would mm-hmm. be like this stepwise thing that would go across your whole screen as people replied to replies to replies. That was a fun system. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I was in genetics as an undergrad, and we learned uh-huh. about, you know, a white flower, a pink flower, and a red flower, and that's incomplete dominant, and it was exactly like pastel and ball python. So I posted that on there as, like, you know, seriously – we kind of are making our industry look like we're idiots because, like, if you talk to any other plant breeders or animal breeders and say we call this co-dominant, it makes us sound like idiots. <laughs> and we right. really <laughs> should be calling it incomplete dominant. And I, you know, wrote directly to the Barkers and to some other people as like, you know, this is incomplete dominant. It's not co-dominant. Co-dominant is how you explain how two different traits interact with each other. Um, So, I mean, incomplete dominant, that's one trait and three different gradations. But anyway, so back then I would get more heated and, you know, I'd take part in conversations. Now, when I read stuff, it's usually... I don't know, maybe I look at more comments on Instagram, but it seems like people just really go crazy 
I, I guess I've seen some pretty stupid stuff on on uh, YouTube as well. There's some pretty pretty <laughs> dumb comments on there, but it, it yeah. doesn't bother me at all now. Like, I don't know if it's just because I just don't have any faith that I could help them understand <laughs> in that medium. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the best thing I feel like I can do is like this. Um, you know, radio shows and writing like you know a blog or something like that to try right. to help people understand, but, you know, replying in comments is very rarely going to do much. <laughs> right. Is there any, I'm trying to think, is there, and I'm trying to think of a, of a gene or genes that would be actually co-dominant? Like what would that be? Would that be like a bumblebee? Is that what would be co-dominant? In ball um, no. So uh, what what to truly be co-dominant? The one of the simplest examples is ABO blood group in humans. Mm-hmm. So if you have um, blood group A, then the only antigens you have on your cells are A antigens. If you're AB, you have both A and B antigens on there. And mm-hmm. then if you're O, that means you don't have either on there. And so codominant means that um, as your blood blood cells are going through, they have the the phenotype or, you know, they act like an A antigen, but they also act like a B antigen. So it's the same. The other thing is they have to be allelic. So it's the same um, specific location, like what we were talking about last time where we have these books that are chromosomes and then a certain page is a gene. So Mm -hmm. like in that page would be an A, but you could also have a B there or it could be neither and and be an O. So there's three different possible pages you could get and you get one page from your mom, one page from your dad. And so if you get an A, all your cells will act like an A. They'll have that A antigen. If you get a B and an O or a B and a B, then it'll act like a B. But if you get an A and a B, then your cells will act just like an A, but they'll also act just like a B. They get that full phenotype or that full, okay. you know, expression of both those alleles. And that's what codominant is. So if you have something where it's at two different locations, like with bumblebee, you're talking about spider and pastel, they're at two different places in the in the snake's genome. So they're different books, different pages. So that doesn't mm-hmm. work as codominant. It has to be essentially what we call allelic, but it has so, to be where both of those genes, both of those alleles do different things, but they do them both at the same time if you get both alleles. So it's okay. definitely kind of confusing, but suffice to say that I haven't seen that ever in any any snake morphs. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's there's, yeah. There's no good reason to ever use codominant to explain a Python morph. <laughs> <laughs> there you Jesus. go. Um, oh, Riley had a quick question. He said, "In other facets of breeding animals with mutations or various phenotypes, is the word super used, or do those communities use homozygous strictly?" Like. Yeah, if you're talking to someone in genetics, they're they're just gonna say homozygous. Um, super, you would just like if you ever said that to a geneticist that you have 
a super pastel or whatever. Like they just look at you like you're an idiot. What's so great yeah, about yeah. it? Yeah. It seems like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to make your your animals you love into superheroes or something. I mean, they would be very confused. Yeah. Um, I have not ever heard that like from dog breeders or horse breeders or anything like that. Um, I mean, a super just seems to be a, a herpetoculture thing as far as what I've seen and heard. God, can suck. I don't know if you can change that, man. I mean, super is like, uh, that's embedded in, I mean, it's, you see somewhat of a, of a change with, I see some people call incomplete dominant, you know, and and they say that. Yeah. Over time, people have kind of changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine putting on, uh, at a snake show, putting homozygous, uh, exanic on your exanic stuff. Like would, would that, if I was breeding asking them, you about it. Yeah, yeah. If I was breeding them, that's what I would do. I would at least that's label what I'm going to do. The homozygous I one. Yeah, I would say homozygous Yeah. I mean, uh, let's put it this oh, way. Oh, I'm going to get have... some shit for that. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, yep. Ben, this this year I have um, multiple exanic pairings, but nothing has gone. It's not nothing is exanic to exanic. So everything in my mind is coming out het for exanic because they were exanic animals bred to non-exanic animals. So right. even though something could come out looking silvery bluish kind of exanic, it is still just a het exanic. It's just a really pretty one. So Correct. That's what we're going with. All right, cool. Yep. Yeah, and honestly, the the super thing doesn't bother me. Like, it's definitely unique to herpetoculture, but -hmm. as long as people in herpetoculture realize what that means is it's homozygous, it it doesn't bother me. But it it would be good that people that are going to communicate to other captive breed, you know, captive breeders that work with other species to realize that that's unique to us (laughs) and uh, not try to talk about, you know, super trait in a horse or something because they will not understand what you're saying <laughs> right well it's, it's good to, it's good to, we can call it whatever we want but know no know, know the have the knowledge for the background of it you know we yeah if i were to, to try to change the terminology that is associated with jaguars right now right after so many years of them being it would be an uphill battle the entire freaking way and it's so much easier because I know that I don't want to sit here and try to explain to somebody who's just getting into it or is asking me a simple question at a reptile show that it's not codom, it's incomplete. You know, it's much easier just to kind of roll with it. But, you yeah. know, if we can if we can start – the exanics have not really started flooding everywhere yet. And, you know, there, there's the dangerous rumor, in my opinion, that people think that by breeding a het exanic to – a non or reading an exanic animal to a non exanic animal, they might get a few exanics in the clutch. And that's, I think you're, you're going down the wrong path there. So, yeah. Yeah. Know. Once you understand that to be a full homozygous, exanthic animal, you have to get a copy from the mom and the dad mm-hmm. um, of that, you know, specific gene mutated gene. You know, obviously, it's impossible to do that if one of them is wild type normal for that mutation. You know, right? So, I mean, this is—I mean, this is basic genetics. I mean, if you—and you said it was what was the boa, the hypo boa? You said kind of yeah, hypos. Okay. Yeah. So they 
it's very easy to tell a hypo or a super hypo from a normal, but it's difficult mm-hmm. to tell the difference between a hypo and a super hypo. They look okay. very similar. So that's where they have a problem. So they would call a probable soup. That means that the little signs that the breeders that had been working with them a lot, that what they're looking for, like I think it was like eye color and some other things, um, they would call that a probable hypo, super hypo because they're pretty sure it is, but they couldn't say 100%. And then possible super hypo just means that it came from a hypo to hypo breeding. doesn't really show all the traits of being a super, but it's possible that it could be. Right. Now, it's. Um, I, I was just reminded by something with Riley is that um, part of the stuff that we have going on right now, or at least I have going on right now, is exanic to caramel. And caramel uh-huh. is labeled as a codom as well with the super. Yeah. Same thing is what we're looking at, right? Every caramel is technically het caramel and every super is uh, – Homozygous. Correct. Yeah, that's how we would refer to it in genetic. You know, a geneticist would call that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I'm just gonna end up doing caramel head exanic because what are you gonna do here? <laughs> that's how everyone expects it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see no problem with that. You know, people are used to caramel, super caramel. I think that works great, and it it communicates to your purchaser, you know, your customers, and they they ha- you're you're able to meet their expectations when they are communicating communicating with you, purchasing that, and then they go to breed. They can know what to expect. So I think that's great, and I think it'd be fine to do that with car- with the uh, azanthics too, call them azanthics and super azanthics. That works, mm-hmm. and that gives a way for a customer to understand, but so would head azanthic and homozygous azanthic. Either way can work, but okay. it's important for people to realize that the the animal that has one copy of the mutation looks different than the normal, mm-hmm. but it is not a full homozygous, you know, it doesn't have two copies. It only has one copy. And the ones that have two copies look a little different and they need to have different names. There needs to be a normal and whatever you refer to the het or one copy and whatever you refer to the homozygous and the two copies. Right. Okay. Man, this is hard. <laughs> but it's, um, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I guess because I know with a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be sending you is uh, a lot of my caramel stuff as well as now my exanic stuff has been mixed into it. So, I mean, do you think at one point you'll be able to kind of nail this one down to uh, what we're looking at genetics-wise of like this is this is where I can look to see that this is indeed an exanic animal? Yeah, yeah, that the technology is definitely there uh, to do that, and that would just be money and time to be able to get to to uh, figure out exactly where those two mutations are, and uh, that honestly will will take quite a bit of work. Um, but yeah, I hope you know five ten years from now that that's something that that I would be able to be a part of. I would love doing that, and I'm hoping that. If we find azanthic in, in one species, then it'll be similar in another species. It'll be pretty easy to figure that out. They've, they've done, they figured out where albino is. I think it was in corn snakes. So hopefully I could take that and go look at, you know, 
other species and be able to figure out where that is in other species as well and just kind of crack the code step by step. I think the first four or five will be the hardest, but after that, you know, it should get easier. And as sequencing prices come down and things like that, it becomes more and more possible and easier to do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, uh, when it comes to what you would kind of want people to bring to you at Carpafest, are you pretty much just open to anything at this point just to get it rolling, and then eventually you guys will be a little bit more uh, focused in on uh, what to do? Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, for now, I don't have – I have – I purposely – bought additional freezers so i have extra freezer space that i'm looking to fill and there's a lot of different species subspecies localities you know different things like that whether and right now i'm mostly focused with pythons colubrids elapids and diapers so that's what i'm most interested in especially if you have information about how individuals are related to each other like we talked about last time but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. even if you don't, even if you just have one, you know, type of colubrid that's you know fairly rare or different or whatever, and you don't have any others, you know, related or you know, I still would want to get that for now. Um, I I would say you know in two or three years it probably won't be like that anymore. I'll probably mostly be receiving samples to you know as a service and getting information back to people, whether it's sex determination or uh, doing some some DNA barcoding, stuff like that. Um, but I'd probably be less collecting sheds because I'll already have a good collection by then. Right. Cool. That's really awesome. Yeah, I got some uh, species that maybe you won't, that you might want, you know, python Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll hook you up. Cool. You gonna get an Angolan clutch? Me? Nah, not yet. Probably uh not yet. maybe maybe next year. The male I have is real small, you know. Yeah. Female's putting on size, but the the male the male is still still time. I love oh. those snakes, man. <laughs> They're really cool snakes. Those were your balls, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean when you had them at I think it was ham no, I cast. I cast. It was yeah, when I went over and you had like a whole bunch of those on your table there, and I was like, "What? The yeah, hell? these are awesome. Very cool." That's another one of those. Once you once you hold those and fill the scales and see how similar they look, their head looks to a ball python, but how different their body is and how they move, and yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, one of my favorites for sure. Oh, and he just calls them bumpy ball pythons because he really pythons. likes them. And I, he doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> I, I, admit, I admit to nothing, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I all my animals that I really, really love have keel scales, so it's like. I know this fits wheelhouse. right into your whole wheelhouse. I don't want to talk about I mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's another so cool. one that got my blood boiling at shows, and people would, you know, look at them, talk to me about them. They're like, "Yeah, they're so cool, but there's no morphs." Like, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna smack you. <laughs> Seriously, like, if this was a ball python, you would pay 20 grams for it because it's freaking amazing. It has beaded scales and a totally different pattern and awesome color. But just because that's what a normal looks like in the wild, it's not worth as much to you or it's not as cool. 
uh, I got that probably five or six times when I had them at Shiz, and I just that one I you know over time I got a little more relaxed about it, but still like right. they they probably still got the stink guy <laughs> from me. <laughs> <laughs> You see, Ben's all chill you know, all the time the until he say those words, and then he's like, "What?" Yeah, but I mean, that would have been that would have been fun to watch when you and I were splitting a table a few times. If somebody just been like, "Hey, it doesn't have a morph," because I would have been like, "Get the hell out of here!" So I would have done the shouting for Ben. So yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the other part to it that's so frustrating was I remember looking at them when they were like, you know, fifteen, twenty grand, and like, mm-hmm. I remember I actually got on the phone when Casey Lazik was selling off all his adults. He was selling them for one hundred and fifty grand, and I was on the phone with him multiple hours, multiple days, trying to figure out some way, like, tell him, you know, I'll move up there and work them for you. You won't have to do anything. You can take all the money, but. <laughs> I'll just work them and eventually pay it off or whatever. He's like, no, I right. gotta sell them as a group. Like, but yeah, I mean, these people at the show, they see this, you know, thousand dollar animal or whatever, and they're like, oh, well, it would be cool if there was a morph. <laughs> Seriously, but they have like a following. Like, there are a bunch of people out there. Literally, I think today on Facebook, people are looking for them in Pennsylvania. So there are some people that just hardcore love. And golden python, and it's usually fun to have like one or two, like, and then looking at other people and people So it's uh, they definitely have a following, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely never had any problem at all selling them. I had a couple of years where I hatched out like 15 between 15 and 20, and I mean, I always sold out, it was never a problem. Nice. Yeah, because they're they're still one of those things that. I think still they're super rare, man. I don't really see yeah. a ton of people working with them, and you don't really. I mean, there's no imports coming in from there, you know, because where they're from. Yeah. And, you know, it yeah, is what it is. Anyone that tries tries to go wild catching will get blown up by a mine or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, <don't laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no. no wonder they were twenty grand back in the day. Yeah, I remember seeing them at yeah. reptile shows, and I was like, "Wow, what is that?" You know, because it was like, it, it almost had the pattern of like a rock python or a Burmese python type of thing, but like was smaller. I'm like, what is that? Yep. That is wild looking, you know? And then, you know, you really wouldn't see them that much except for like, you know, that huge price tag on it. And you're like, oh, maybe one day it was right next to the blue chondro. Like, oh, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, and that's how blackheads were. That's how womas were. Like I remember when all of those were over ten grand. I remember the first jag I ever saw in person was uh, at a Salt Lake reptile show. I think it was in '02, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it was nine grand or something like that. Holy fool! Wow! Now you're lucky if you get ninety bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like four of them. I'm sitting like just hoping to get a hundred for them. You know, Jesus. Uh, Which is cool. But it's kind of weird how, like, you know, this snake is the coolest snake, and then once it's not worth anything anymore, it's not so cool anymore. I mean, you see that with everything, you know? It's kind of weird, you know? But I mean, it's even funnier when you sit down and you think about it. Remember I was talking about a customer I was speaking to a couple weeks ago who kept bringing up, these reptile people that he's fans of. And these were all the reptile people from like 2001 and two. He's like, I used to talk to Will Leary. I'm like, Jesus 
Christ, we're going far back. It's like you know, <laughs> there are some people who were like the names in certain animals and certain morphs who now are gone. They just dropped off the face of the planet. They you yeah. know, had their fun, did what they did, and now they're out. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I stared at Will's animals lots of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I went to that website so many times, man. <laughs> I, yeah. I bought my I was lined up to buy a Jag from Justin Julander and I bailed out of it and bought one from Will Leary. And that was my first Jag. And I have told Justin this and he, I think has forgiven me. So I don't no. know. <laughs> no, he holds it. Yeah. It's still a thing. All right. Well, all right then. So, he twirls brandy so and says one day. Owen. <laughs> I'll get him. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I know Justin well enough. He's he's not one to hold a grudge. So I'm, right. I think you're safe. Okay, yeah. good. Battery's yeah. really holding on to it, either one. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> but it was one of those things where uh, Will's Animals, those pictures, that website, again, where we all freaking went to, you know, again, he's just gone. So it's just yeah. to think about that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, at one point he was going to be one of the authors and writing a complete carpet python book before we were even talking about it. And mm-hmm. He was going to, was going to. I think he might have even got some stuff going, but it just never happened, and that's why mostly Justin and Nick jumped on that. And right. But yeah, he was he was going to be the dude, but it just didn't didn't happen. Weird. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question I'm going to ask you, I just want to know is are, are Angolans difficult to breed? Is there any tricks to them or is it, are they pretty straightforward? Honestly, for me, I did it about as lazy as I possibly could have. <laughs> nice. um, I, I traded <laughs> for, I traded for the adults. They were already adults. So this guy had had them. He's a very successful ball python breeder. He had, I don't think he was in the thousands, but, you know, he had hundreds of animals and did great with ball pythons. He'd had these two females for like six or seven years and he could never get eggs from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I traded them. I knew that, you know, he was a ball python breeder and couldn't get them to breed, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to throw them in the rack with, you know, where I have breeder carpets and breeder ball pythons and just see what happens. And I mean, they did great for me that way. I, I bred them in a rack. I bred them low in the rack. I bred them high in the rack, you know, cooler temperatures, warmer temperatures. I put them in four foot by two foot. I got eggs then. I mean, really was no problem at all for me. They just went, one of the two females went for me every year, and I think one or two of the years both of them went, and just really was never a problem. I, I hmm. honestly believe for some species with Angolans being one of them, I think that it's important to have a really good breeder male. And uh, I actually had got a another, I had purchased some from someone else, and I was told it was a pair, mm-hmm. but it ended up being that they were, one of them was missexed, and it ended up being a male. And so I had, I had put in what I thought was a male with two females into this cage, I was going to let them do their thing. I came back the next day, and one of them was dead, and it ended up being a male. What 
Oh, and I was told it was a female. Oh, so shit. that breeder male, that my my super male that did all the breeding for me, and, I mean, he would, if I had put a hockey stick in there, he would have locked it. Um, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he, I mean, I'm, I don't know for sure, but it seems very likely to me that he killed that other male. I mean, he was just definitely oh. a breeder. <laughs> so I think wow. that sometimes... If you go into a breeding project and you just have 1.2, um, you might do really well, but you might never get anything, and it might not be anything to do with the females. It might be that you have kind of a lazy male. He's just not motivated. Gotcha. Wow. Huh. Okay. Cool. Are they? And I, I, think, I, I think I remember. Uh, I think it was. It might have been Casey Lazik. Can't remember one of the old time or Python Pete. Um, Peter Call, one of those mm. two, telling us that it was kind of the same way with blackheads, that once you find a really good breeder male or that they were maybe a little more uh, important to keep a pair, like once you have a pair that's breeding, keep them together, like use mm-hmm. the same male with the same female each year. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a little different. Like if you're used to bringing carpets or ball pythons, like that doesn't seem to matter much at all. Um, right. But some of the other species, that seems to be... It, it, it's certainly anecdotal, but for me, if I was going to get a breeding, uh, you know, start breeding Angolans again, I'd have at least three three females and three males, and you know, I'd, I'd kind of watch and see which males mean business, and I wouldn't let them kill each other this time. Hmm. But, uh, right. but, yeah, I think right. that's pretty important in some species. That's why I like feisty males, man. I, I like I like yeah. my males to just bite the shit out of me, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that, sure. that, that end, get that, the job done. Yeah. That little tiny Angolan male that I have, man, he just like, wants to kill everything. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's good. So that might be good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to hit on, or? Um, the only other thing I'd say is just thanks for people since being on the show with you guys. I've had several people reach out. I had good conversations with Travis Wyman and, and, uh, Warren Booth and Rob Stone and Buddy Buscemi. And so I've had several other people reach out. I've, you know, been on another, um, her radio show and just had lots of people, whether it's through Facebook or email or whatever, talk about you know being excited and i've had you know someone wants to send me some some mang sniper um sheds and mang shang shang or however you say that but anyway those things are freaking awesome looking um so anyway it's just been it's been really cool it's it's uh really fun to to see the excitement feel the excitement and i'm i'm looking forward it's kind of reminds me of when we had you know close to having the book go to publish just every step feels like it takes way longer than it should. <laughs> we are getting <laughs> close, finally. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, keep us posted, and when you get everything live, make sure you share it over, and we'll get it out there, get the word out, you know? Cause it's really awesome. cool. What you guys I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep, and I look forward to getting a bunch of sheds at Carpet Fest. <laughs> oh, you cool have deal. no idea. So I'm gonna have some for <laughs> His his trunk's gonna be filled with shed. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got a got a good sized trunk. We can we can handle it. Nice. Good. All right. Awesome. All, all right, right, man. Thanks, Ben. And we'll catch yeah, you at Carpet Fest. Yeah. All right. See you in a couple weeks. Bye. All right. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. 
glad those uh, guys were able to, uh, you know, hook that up for the auction. I, I think that'll I that'll that. be cool. That, that's, that's the one I want. I mean, you know, that's a uh, I'm gonna be bidding hard on that one because if I can get my caramel stuff figured out to where it's, mm-hmm. like, I know it's a caramel because bam, it's like you know that's also if there's a way to possibly. You know, if they figure out caramel, if they figure then maybe potentially further down the road, I don't have to sit here and go, well, it's a possible super. I wait for it to shed, and I send it, and then Ben gives me a report of which ones in the clutch are supers. You know, done. Holy cow. Yeah, that would be cool if they could do that. Yeah, Here's your freaking paperwork. It's a proven super. Bye. So. Man. Yeah, it's another thing that, uh, you know, was on my list to talk about, but uh, another thing that everybody said that would not happen uh, actually happened, uh, an albino super zebra from Katie Selective Creations, Um, which is pretty badass. You know, I mean, everybody kind of, you know, poo-pooed the idea of that. Well, you uh, you knew it was eventually going to get there. This thing is like every morph that comes out there, comes out, Eventually, it will make its way into every other morph out there, and there will be some surprises along the way. You know, I don't know, man. Like the other day, I was listening to, I was watching this YouTube video, and it was a guy that's, you know, he's 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 been doing pythons for a long time, and he was saying about getting the wawa out of the spider ball python, and I was just Never like, oh happen. my god, Never gonna come happen. on, man, right, are right, are, listen, are we listen. past this right, at this stop, point? Stop! I say this. <laughs> I say this. With enough, with 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 the love Oof. of the listeners that fuels me every day, mm-hmm. you're all idiots. Like every <laughs> single one of you. Like you know anybody who sits there and oh, goes, "Oh, and this is why people don't." <laughs> I, I know, but this is, no, no. Anybody, anybody who's sitting there, if you're if you're sitting there going, eventually I'll be able to breed my jags together and get a white one that lives past a week. That is the dumbest thing you've ever said, heard, thought, whatever. And the same thing goes with the wobble in whether it's a freaking spider, whether it's a jag, it is attached to the gene. You're never yeah. – for it to be a jag, it has to have a wobble. And I say right. this because, dude, if any idea – I'm trying to sell jags right now. Everybody, everybody does it have neurological disease. I'm like, it's, it's not a disease. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> also, yes, every jag yeah. has one. And if right. they're telling if, if there's somebody out there telling you it doesn't, they're lying to you. And they're everybody's yes. taken aback when I tell them that. Yeah. And it's just oh my God. We're having a conversation that again, like how many times have we had this conversation? Yeah. I think the thing of it is is like there's a lot of new people coming in to exactly. hurt the culture, carpets and whatnot, and you know, it, I get. I mean, you would think that maybe they're going to stumble upon a the, one of the podcasts, or you know, mm. not just us, but any of the ones Something that are out read. there, and you know yeah. what I mean, or like. But but hey, man. But the, but the problem is that there's tons of the rumor mill. It's nobody wants to say that their jags have the neurological, so they just say that no, nope, mine never do. Not mine. Mine are from a European stock that didn't show it. Everybody's jags. No. You know, everybody's jags from Europe, dumbass. It's like, that's, and that's the thing is to kind of perpetuate. When it really came back high, 
went to Australia and we had to, or found their way mystically there. Um, and we had to explain it all again because everybody in Australia was kind of having that same thing. And dude, right. I had those conversations with people. There's always, I had the table set up. I got all the carpet set up and people come up to me. And they always want to talk to me about their projects. Even if I don't have anything on the table that would help their projects, you know, they want to talk and that's cool. I love to hear it. I want to listen. You know, I might even have some insight, but you know, there's always somebody who comes up there and goes, I'm going to breed a red to a caramel because nobody does that. And it's like, there's a reason for that. You know that, right? It's like, you're not, you're not brand new on the scene coming out here. The reason they don't do that is because reds and caramels look a shit ton alike and it's be very annoying for you. And I would not recommend doing it. And they always look at me like, you know, shocked and really it's like, yeah, okay, guys, every snake that's out there has been in private hands, not been sold to the public for many years and has been moved through a lot of the different morphs and all that stuff's been done. So, you know, your projects are awesome. Your projects are really cool and totally do that. Whatever, whatever you want to do, knock yourselves out, but it has a lot of that stuff's already been done or is coming down the pipe. So it's, there are reasons that not a lot of people do certain things. Yeah. It was um... trees with rough scales because they look atrocious. So. <laughs> I can't believe that's been done, man. <laughs> well, no, and I told you that. I said if it comes out with bumpy scales, we're doomed because then it'll be bred to everything, you know. But and then it came out looking like a crappy green tree python. It's like done. Right. There you go. Cool. Finished. Yeah, I would think uh, that you know you're taking a beautiful green snake and mixing it with a dirt brown snake and hey. hey. <laughs> Hey, I mean, or you're, listen, taking, man, or you're taking a gorgeous I, brown snake and mixing it with a crappy baby puke green animal. Listen, man, you know what? I have plenty <laughs> of dirt snakes, dirt looking snakes. I actually <laughs> like the return. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, every time, you know, oh, yeah, that's another thing, man. Don't say IJ. Oh, don't say Poplin. People I, get confused I, because, you know, I, uh, <laughs> oh, my I'm, God. I'm like, you know, when Nick throws a freaking tray of food at me for because i've said ij for the third time in the night you know <sighs> i just feel like you know for me with that with that in particular right you know and i know that people are going to still call my ijs i get it whatever it is sometimes i even still call my ijs but you know the thing of it is, is like you know, i think um i think pcp sound much better <laughs> it does pop from carpet pythons you know it does. but it's like you found out information and I get it. Mm. That's been in herpticulture. There was a big threat about that thing too. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. And, you know, it's just, just one of those things to me, it becomes, to me, it looks like it's almost about, it's almost political in a way, you know, depending on who's saying what, you know, it's like this group. It's like, no, well, I'm going to keep calling them this. Fuck that guy. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Like, that's what I mean. For us, it's like we're so, at least for me, you know, we're like trying to figure out how to breed and the biology and the science and, and all this behind it. And when you learn new things, like you should continue to grow. And I think we should be able to, like, what are they going to do? What's going to happen, man? I'm telling you, when they start taking, when somebody takes the time to to start to work with scrub pythons, dude, uh-huh. that is going to blow up. People are going to lose their mind. What do you mean that's that amethystina? 
You mean the Northerns yeah. are a different species? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they are. Whew. There's a mountain. It's like you know that's it's it's that's the way that stuff's gonna go. And it's funny because the perfect, and it's almost too perfect example mm-hmm. of how people stick to the old thing is with poplin pythons. Mm-hmm. Every you mean the actual poplin pythons? Poplin python, yeah, the actual right. one. Okay. Every show I go to, they're labeled as olive pythons. That's just what they are. Yeah. I mean, Every time I see a... them at a show and they're not in a breeder's hands, they're olive pythons. They're not olive you know, pythons. They're olive pythons. One of the one of the perspectives that I can give is this is like, and this is why I have I have just stepped back from in, getting involved with this kind of stuff to a certain extent <laughs> online. You know, I mean, I'll talk about my experiences on here, what I think about, but like, you know, like getting involved, it, it's like you're arguing with somebody that's produced, you know, hundreds of these things. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you're you've produced none, but somehow you haven't yeah. figured out. And but it's the same thing with arguing, poplin pythons. Like you're arguing saying that this is an olive python or looks like an olive python and like you've, you've never, never compared it to another you've never had pl- both. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like side by side, goddammit. You know, I forget they're who, not the same. I forget who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody this weekend and they were talking about Darwin's and uh Poplin carpet pythons being the same and looking the same and whatnot. And I'm telling you, man, you, you come to Carpet Fest, and I will put a Darwin in your hand, and I will put a right. Poplin carpet in your hand, and the you Darwin will clearly will see you, you the know? difference between the two. Yeah. The head structure, the pattern. And, you know, back in the day, in the early MP days, like I would, I thought, like, wow, that's just a really cool-looking quote unquote IJ, you know, uh, yeah. like it's really badass, And I think that's why like Darwin's don't get any love because they're like, you know, they're dirt Brown snakes kind of thing. Like they're more <laughs> earth tone type of, when I say dirt Brown snakes, I'm saying that with all love, you know, but they're like, that's what they you know, were. the earth. That's what they, were. that's what they were. It was jungles. And then the dirt Brown ones, you know, that was, well, it. I mean, I mean, when, man, that's like, you know, I mean, that would be like me and you being compared to Brad Pitt. Clearly, Brad Pitt is much better looking than the two of us. You know Whoa what I mean? Now. So it's like, there's now. no competition at all. And, Whoa you know, now. It's just like, why even bother? That's kind of yeah, like putting is, a, yeah. you know, a, a pop one <laughs> and a Darwin next to a jungle. Like, what's going to draw your eye? Obviously, <laughs> yellow and black. black I mean, and yellow, yeah. <laughs> it's going to draw your eye. I don't care yeah. who you are. You know? We lose every time. <laughs> that doesn't mean that Owen and Eric can't be loved as well. You know what I Wait. mean? <laughs> Clearly, you know, some people no, like that. there Eric. are other reasons for that. It's like, you know, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but no, but, I get what you're saying is that, you know, and the good thing is with you and and why I think eventually down the road you will have all those Python things is because you're you're seeing these different species from baby all the way up. And just by watching them, you understand the differences between them and how they act and how they grow and how they are physically different. I mean, didn't you say that you put yeah. up a video and somebody was yelling at you because your scrub python was, what do you call it? Was, did you say it was an olive? Oh, man. I had a, yeah, I had a patternless tannin bar baby scrub, and it was on uh, per, on the – actually, it was on David Brahms' uh, specialty enclosure design perch yeah. thing, you know? And uh, I yeah. had it on there, and I was explaining to him. 
<laughs> well, I was explaining in the video how I keep babies and whatnot, right? Yes. And uh, he's saying, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Clearly, that's an olive python. And I'm like, First what? off, like, and that's, and like, and that's, that's shocking to me because look, I've never, never looked at a baby scrub and been like, kind of looks like an olive python. They look so different. Well, it's and patternless. It's just, but does it matter? The heads look, baby scrubs have those big freaking eyes i mean like Dude, and they're just look like if little you can't bats. look man if you can't see the difference between a poplin python's head and an olive python's Bulldog, head and yeah, you think right, they're yeah. the same like no, yeah, I just it's think not the far of a fetch is, and, and partially going off of what ben talked about the problem is is that we're in such a rut now it is so much easier to just go with the flow those guys who are breeding or the guys who are selling Pop one pythons. They right. know it's a pop one python. They know what's going on. But if they put it up there, every idiot is going to come up to them and go, "Oh, it's pop one python. What's that?" So if they just put olive python. They may like half the questions will go away, and they can move on, move forward. Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, I could see if you were looking at the body, you know, and just the body to why you Not would even. say something, you know, I mean, it's, it's somewhat but, similar. They feel somewhat the, the is, same. I always thought that pop ones kind of had the, almost look like, almost like they changed tones about they halfway do. up the body and it looks they do. lighter. Exactly. Yeah. Olive pythons, Australian olive pythons look like they've just been painted matte green. Like that's it. They're all one color done to get yeah, different so, colors. You have to flip them over. Yeah, for my, for my olive pythons, what I they're more of a like you can see clearly they're like a khaki brown type of like color. You know, maybe not khaki, like a dark khaki brown. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like with with poplin pythons, they well, first of all they change color. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They they actually change color, and uh, yeah. I don't think that anybody has really researched that as yet as of why they do that. You know, but well, they I do mean, that. You know? I just fire up too. I'm sorry. No, this is different, man. Carpet pythons. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I know. I, I've seen that with your the one, your larger girl, and then I did play with your uh, babies and threatened to run off into the night with them um, in Tinley Park. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cool snakes, man. They're they really badass awesome. snakes. Those are cool. I have no uh, room. I can't do that. <laughs> Stop talking to me. I'm excited because of what's coming to you soon, because then you'll finally enter my world of what's that? Bothachillus wonderfulness and um, all that fun stuff. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, before before I get into that, um, what I'm going to say yeah. is like, you know, you know, you're talking about the different species of pythons and how they're different and whatnot, right? So what I've yeah. learned. Um, working with ring pythons is how different mm-hmm. they are than, you know, say your typical Every carpet day. or ball python or whatever. <laughs> right. You can't feed them the same way. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, I fed a little bit of a bigger meal to uh, the male and he regurged it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't do it. You know, yeah. so you have to stay small and more often. So like mm-hmm. feeding them uh, like every three days and you can just see that they're just, they just move different. They're faster. They're, it's almost like it's a colubrid. It's so mm-hmm. funny. Like I brought my dad over, right. And he hasn't yeah. seen my stuff in a while. 
you know, I'm taking him through because he was always kind of a species kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like he was always yeah. in like there was no morphs back then, so it is what it is. But you know, I'm flipping through and I and I'm opening up these tubs. You know, I show him like uh, I was like, look, this is a spotted python, and this is a you know, this is a carpet python, and this is an olive python, and nothing's catching his eye. I was like, here's a jungle carpet python. He's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was like, this is a ring python, and he's like what the hell is that? You know, I'm like, yes. yeah, it's a ring pipe. Score. <laughs> Got him. He's like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And I was like, I figured you would like that because you like venomous stuff. And you know, they're always brightly colored, you know, crazy looking yeah. patterns and colors. Reasons and whatnot. For that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't touch me. He's like, Oh, that's badass. So yeah, so play with my Madagascan hogs because they're like little mini cobras without the dangerousness. Oh, he would love them then. He would oh, yeah. love them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so he, uh, I know what I was going to say is, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I'm not going to say their name, but there was a, there was a deal that I worked out. Cause I don't know if they want me to say their name or not, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was, a, there was a deal that worked out, you know, and like, um, I, I think originally the deal started with you, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, everybody, everybody and their sister, when there's a white lip comes to me. Like, you know how many times I got pictures of those red ones? I mean, like, dude, remember that video of that one red one? Like, Casper sent me a text message. And, like, I did the time. It was, like, 3 in the morning for him. He got up, saw a video of a white lip, and went, I must text Owen immediately. Like, like, are you freaking kidding me? So That's good, though, man. You want that. Oh, no, yeah, that was fine. But, um, so this, this, it's originated with me as an offering of, you know, just somebody had white lips. And I'm like, eh, I, I, I got the golds and I got blacks, you know, Chris's, Chris's got blacks. So I'm not, it's one of those things of like, I don't need them because I'll just wait for you guys. So kind of a thing. So I, uh, I decided it was good to go. So I, I'm like, but Eric is always looking for that kind of stuff. So, uh, approached you and, uh, Nice. Yeah, he wanted uh he wanted some uh some double hats and stuff for uh you know, some some different things and I was like he's like, Would you be willing to trade? And I'm like, Hell yeah <laughs> 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 Does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Uh but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um You're... I hey man, I might not be good at selling snakes, but I'm pretty good at trading snakes. <laughs> That is true. I mean, that's yeah. my thing. If anything, I mean, that's how I amassed my collection mostly. Yeah. I gotta find some guy who breeds rodents and really has a thing for carpet pythons and wants to just take all these babies and give me bags of rats. That's the dream. <laughs> it's like you know, feed dude, my you ain't kidding. <laughs> yeah, dude, you ain't kidding, man. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> please, <laughs> somebody. I will give you all that this whole clutch for, for a freezer me, full of rats. Rat. Yeah. Um, right. Also, anybody who comments right now that I should breed my own, you're goddamn crazy. But um, and that is never I want to happen. so bad, man. I, I no, really do, but it's horrible. I just, no, well, the thing of it is, is I don't like rodents. Like I just don't I hate them. I do. You know, and in I lab throughout college, and then several years into my professional career, it yeah. sucks. Yeah. You know, screw that. Yeah, man. Um, I hear you. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I, I kind of can't wait, mm. though, for your first white lip to regurgitate a hairball. 
because you haven't had that experience yet. And it's a fun experience when you're like, what the hell is that? So, I'll freak you know. out, man. Yeah, yeah, you will. <laughs> I'll be like, especially what the hell is going on? Especially if they do it in the water, which that's a special kind of hell, because then it breaks up and you just have furry water. So um, oh. it doesn't smell nice either. Oh. So, yeah. It's almost as bad as, as monitor shit in the water bowl. Oh, uh, that's the it's, worst, it's, man. It's, it's a different taste, I guess. Like okay. A different smell. Different so, smell? Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, oh, yeah. man, that's rough. <laughs> well, I, my, my adults just warmed back up and started eating, and the female regurged a hairball last week, and it was like, it was just this long, white, like, worm thing in the middle of her cage. I'm like, oh, thanks. So, you know, I guess she was storming it up, storming it up or something. I don't know. Hairballs and white lips still perplex me, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah. So, so I, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be adding them, and uh, that will put me at what? I don't even know, man. God, 30, 34, 34 species. But I think, now, at this do you point. count? Now you're getting southern white lips, which are the blackface. Yeah, these are uh, Tamika locality, which is yeah, pretty cool. Is, yeah. Um, it's very cool because I heard the Tamika is a little bit more chilled out, so that's awesome. Um, plus, then you don't have the white lip look. You don't have the white lip that I have, so it's like check. Eric's got blackface white lip. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. So right, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, so you have golds go- and I have southerns. <laughs> yeah. How the hell did that happen? Which wait a I'm minute. Still, I'm still, <laughs> It's almost like he planned this. So, yes. Um, excellent. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Send them to Eric's house. Let <laughs> him do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I'm still sitting here waiting for uh, any development with those red ones. But um, that they're just an awesome species. I think you're really gonna dig them. And you're, you're talking about the differences between animals. You'll you'll know right off the bat that these things aren't like a carpet python. They aren't like anything else. So they're their own thing. Um, but you still have cool with them. I think you'll like them. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I feel like I'm learning all over again because, you know, you're working with these different species and, you know, you kind of have these thoughts in your head that, yeah, that you can kind of keep these like this and that like that and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, it really kind of fine tunes your, uh, your keeping. Now I can't wait to start to work on the, you know, what would be my third reptile room, um, (laughs) to get that going. Uh, you you know, you mean you're not going to have it all done by carpet fest? No, no. no. <laughs> I'm all crammed into my small little room. No. <laughs> We're going to have to do tours of the room in segments because, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, my room, you know, that V18 rack. And I, and I said yeah. this, right. That V18 rack that I have that, that was like, it's like half of a half of it. So it comes up to like, you know, hobbit height yeah. of head height, you know, <laughs> It's pretty much where it's at. It's like hobbit head height. Um, it comes up to my chest, yeah. So, but the whole yeah. top of that is now babies. filled with babies. You it's insane like the, person. All the way to the ceiling, man. Like, oh I have to, God. like, recondition some things. You and went back in time, dude. 
that was what your room was when you were at the I apartment. know. And now you've you have all this and you've already So I misjudged. I I I screwed it up because <laughs> and then I was going to make one of my bedrooms upstairs was going to be the baby room but like coming so after carpet fest that's what's going to happen. They're going to move up okay. upstairs and I'll just heat the the room upstairs but um for Carpet Fest, I have people sleeping in there. I don't want them sleeping it's in my like room. I don't know, 82 I don't, degree friggin' weather or room or whatever, you know? So Also, but, I uh, pocket a baby. If it if it caught my eye, I'll just put my bag. <laughs> yeah, <you know>. whoop. <laughs> so, yeah, I you know, I want to talk about some good luck with, uh, with a clutch, you know. Um, I don't know. I was going to sell this girl, but I don't think I'm going to now because, like, every year this pair – just like knocks it out of the park. And I know this is total. It's not, it's not the pair and all that stuff. I get it. So before, before the freaking messages come with the, you know, you're an idiot type of thing, uh, just hold right. off anyway. Okay. <laughs> I've read them three times and every time I get this, sh- I get a ton of albinos. So this clutch was nine egg. Well, actually it was, uh, it was two, so it was eleven eggs. Two were slugs. Mm-hmm. She maternally incubated them. Mm-hmm. Seven albinos. <laughs> two normals, That's and one's bad. a Those zebra, are, and one's a normal. Those are some so pretty a, good goddamn numbers. Oh, this was your albino zebra clutch. Yeah, I I, ah. I just finally got around to like you know setting them up and going through and taking pictures and all that kind of stuff of of everything yeah. and like so it seems like I have let's see. So there's three albino zebra jags, one albino zebra. Okay. Uh, two albino jags and one, no, three albino jags. Did I do that right? <laughs> so it'd be seven. No, two albino jags and one albino normal. I think that's pretty goddamn good odds. Pretty goddamn you know goddamn what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, woo. That's that's really good goddamn odds, but um, yeah. Now I'm gonna add. Now it, it, it's funny because you have this pair that gives you the great odds and gives you the good clutch and all this other stuff. Then you have the one pair that I know has been like the bane of your existence since you got them, and that's the Exanic to the Albino. Oh, that that <laughs> that that pairing. Oh. I was gonna. I was gonna I ask eggs. you. I was. I was gonna ask you how are they going? Because I know that'd be like a. That'd be like a through the upright score spike the female because we finally got the eggs. You know, three or four years after you like it would have been awesome to get them. You know. No, dude, it's five years now. That project's oh, been going on for freaking five years, man. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> you know, that's five years of breeding. <laughs> that's not five years of keeping. If you had got them the first time, you'd already have snows at this point. It's like, you yeah, know, it drives me nuts. I seen somebody the other day in this, and they're like producing snows or producing like their double heads are breeding, and I'm like, son of a bitch, bitch. Like, <laughs> so that just goes to show you, like, you you go and you 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 put money down, the big money or whatever for 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 a project, and you think you know it's gonna pan out. <laughs> But but the thing is like that male that that because um was that Dole? Yes. Dole, okay, Dole's produced. Like I think I have two kids from Dole. 
here. Yes. So it wasn't him. Oh, he's. <laughs> so, yeah, he's produced tons of babies. He's neuro yeah. as hell, but he's <laughs> <laughs> that poor snake, man. I've seen him eating upside down. So oh it's man, like... it's, it's bad. I, I I feel so bad. That he's the one that makes me question on whether or not I should work with Jags or not. You know, like I I got that. That was one of Paul's snakes, and that was one mm-hmm. of his breeders. And um, you know, he uh, you know, he he asked me if, I, and of course, he told me that it what it was. He's like, yeah, it breeds, but you know, it's really Noro, and I'm like. Okay, well, how bad can it be? So then it comes to Nick's place, and then Nick's like, "Dude, this thing is, is just—it's just nuts, man." I mean, he's just like, "What the hell?" And I'm like, "Oh, jeez, oh great, never gonna breathe. This is gonna be a bad thing, you know." And it's—it's it's, no, it—it it actually ended up that uh, I I couldn't sell him because you know if I get I, I couldn't even give him away. Like if I gave him away as a pet to somebody that you know it would just I don't know. It just well, and it's just funnier because you know, sitting on my end, um, I have uh, my jag head albino came from Dole, and mm-hmm. she I've never seen her flip over ever. She's a nasty, horrible bitch, but she's never, never flipped over, never narrowed. So, I don't know, yeah, I mean. Again, I don't. I, I, some of them, they just. It's like once you breed them, you know, or, oh, or yeah. somehow you stress them out, then they kind of just go loot. Like, you know, Bear, my Diamond Jungle Jag, he, he's he seems somewhat like you can't really see any issues with him, mm-hmm. you know, but he's still a Jag, you know. So every once yeah. in a while, you'll see it, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, but he's not nothing like like. Like the other one, oh man, I feel bad. But uh, you know, he still eats, he breeds, yeah. he sheds. You know, nothing wrong with him. And as long as, as long as, like, what's weird is what I noticed with him, and this is sort of like why people probably think that their that their jag doesn't have, uh, you know, the issue is that normally in the tub, like if you're just watching him, he kind of looks normal. But as soon as you like open it up and kind of like start to mess with them, forget it, man. Like you can't hold that snake. There's just, you can't, you just can't. You'll no. be like, what the hell? I mean, I, like, yeah. I, I didn't have it in my first breeding Jag boy for forever, but the second I put him in with a girl, he lost his little, he just flipped over. So yeah, it, it, and it's a stress release kind of a thing. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, again, like I said, it's like one of those things that question whether or not, you know what I mean? You go back and forth and I'm not saying that anybody, they, they shouldn't work with them because they're beautiful snakes, but you know, you still, you, I think, I think if you tell me that you, you breed them and have them and you see that you, and you don't question whether or not you should do that or not, hmm. you're lying. <laughs> you're just lying, man. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, but hairballs at least. Oh, there you go. So Thanks, Scott. Man. Oh, is he also the prince of scrubs and white lips, or is he just no, the prince of no, no? He's get, <laughs> no, he is only prince of carpet pythons. Carpet pythons. Be, yeah, he has not yet been crowned prince of scrubs and white lips. You know, he has to prove his worth in many challenges that I have set forth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, there's some awesome people coming to Carpet Fest, man. I mean, we should probably just chat on that for a minute before we jump off. I think uh, we've we've talked about uh, as uh, (laughs) as much as we can. But, um, yeah, man, there's – let's see. You know, um, Scott's coming. Um, You know, you got guys like Tim Morris called me today – or text me today and let me know that he was coming up. Um, Tim Morris is uh, Mr. Blue for – you Condro fans out there, um, which is awesome. And I know he works with Angolans, uh, so mm-hmm. I'll be chatting him up with them. Uh, Nick Mutton is coming out. Uh, we got Brandon uh, from the West Coast coming out. I believe, I want to say, well, of course we have our good friend Bill. He's he's coming up, Bill from, Bill uh, yeah. from Texas. And um, I'm trying to think who else that, that just comes to guys like – Ian Bissell's coming. Travis Wyman is coming. Dude, he's bringing that pie. Oh, excellent. Yeah, Hashem is coming. That's good. coming. Nick Kohler's coming. Eric Kohler. Kohler's coming. Howard's coming. You're coming. Which is kind of weird if you didn't. If I didn't come. We'd soldier on without you. Buddy. I would expect you to. Is coming. Dave Garrett Means. Hartle's coming. David Means is coming. David uh, Means is coming. So you got a nice mix of Python breeders and keepers and all kinds. I mean, you know, I think Keith is coming. Isn't Keith coming? Right? Keith and Keith? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Ryan Ryan is coming. Ryan Rumbly. Uh, you know, yeah. you got Matt, of course. Matt uh, Frank Good is coming. So you got some short tail, yeah. short tail love going on, uh, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, man, this is it's like a mix I'm of coming, uh, uh, which is like you got the Owen. Reason uh, you should go is because yeah. I'll be there. Rob Stone is flying in. Rob uh, Crystal Sto- Lemmy will be there. Well, you know, isn't he going to be doing his old person like you know knee therapy in your pool? I mean, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, there's a you know there's just a lot of lot of cool people and uh, Josh. Josh uh, Swenzel's coming, uh, which is yeah. awesome. Love yeah, that guy, man. He's such a cool Chicago. dude. Yeah, I, was I know. Out with him in Tinley, he was badass. He was going. He he's the kind of guy that when he gets hooked onto a snake, he's like, "All right, you know, I know what I want. I'm gonna go get like six of them. I'm gonna set mm-hmm. it up and I'm gonna figure this shit out with his freaking, you know, Halma Harris, his blackheads, and you know, all this other stuff. So he's a good cat. I like talking to him. So. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Man. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good good it's gonna be a good freaking time, dude. Like I can't freaking wait. And then yeah. uh you know, I gotta talk to you and Matt because we're trying to we're talking we talked about it a little bit about going to Daytona, but I may have to hammer that point home a little bit more and try to see what if we're heading down there, so Yeah, that's that's come up a couple times. Um I I don't uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get off work because somebody else has vacation at that same time. It's possible, mm-hmm. but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I kind of I kind of banked all my uh, all uh, my yeah, no, no, eggs. No no, no 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 no. Can we have one show where we don't talk about this? No way, man. No, no way. One show. I want one show. This is a <laughs> lifelong dream, bro. You I know, hate because... you so much. <laughs> You know, I'm going to coastal Shut carpet up. territory, Shut bro. Up. Shut like, up. come on, man. Shut up. I'm going to be there with coastals and blackheads and God, I hope Interregia. something's like you. 
All kinds know, not, of uh, nothing deadly, but you know, a good main. If I could go to, uh, I don't know too if you saw it, but uh, Scott had um, Dave Kaufman come out and uh, record his. Uh, I think you, I think I shared the video on our page, and you did some cartoon of uh, some guy looking at the oh, moon. Or whatever. <laughs> he was talking about the moon, and I posted up from uh, yeah, I, the moon. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because uh, I, I'm, oh, I'd love to see Scott's setup, man. Because when you see it in the video, you know, I mean, he showed pictures on our chat numerous times, but the video was right. pretty badass. And just some of the things that uh, that he does, um, like for instance, his quarantine room, you would never. It's like you go off to the left, you know, so it like never, never crosses path with, with his main room, and like, you know, how he had his. Um, Parentes, man. Parentes. Yeah. Like how Parentes. freaking badass is that? Damn it. Is that is that something that uh what's his name just go, would go nuts for? Which is that yeah. like monitor like uh is that the Bolin's Python of the monitor no, world a, or what? It's, it's, it's a, no, because it's it's so rare. It's it's the monitor Owen Pelly Python at this point. Oh, okay. You know? All right. It's that level. Get oh them. shit. Yeah. I mean you just and I think I there's like ima- maybe, I think there's only like a few pairs outside of Australia and, you know, all that other stuff. So, yeah. I know Terry works with them at the zoo or the reptile gardens, yeah, but, right? But He's bred them, the whole right? Thing of, yeah, I think so. But then there's the whole thing of that zoos. It's the reptile gardens. You know, what, what they, you know, if, if I opened a zoo, I could probably get them. Yes. But at that point I could probably get them from Australia. So. Yeah. It's like, uh. You know, they're they're like one of those um I wonder I wonder how much space like I guess it would be oh like God. similar like are they bigger than croc monitors or about the same size? I wanna say bigger, but I don't know enough about them uh, to Yeah, I don't either in on that. But I would Scott's probably up. slamming his hand against He's the desk. You right guys now. are you idiots. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, well the other thing is that, you know, I also believe that they're 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 gonna be climbers. So you're going to want something for them to climb on and stuff like that. So you're looking at even bigger, which is why it's like, if you can keep them outdoors, of course you should have them. It's like they can live outdoors. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be, yeah, keeping that outdoors. You, know, you could build a huge enclosure don't for you, that. Don't, he, you he, dare, don't you dare send me pictures. Don't you dare. Don't you dare do these things. Don't. <laughs> I don't want, like I I want to assume that you've died and like until you show back up. It's like you know I don't even want to hear about this. Uh, yeah, I won't be sending you pictures that way. Uh, like because oh, yeah, Roman charges and stuff. Mean. But <laughs> we might we might all chip in. I might take a uh, take a fund or something. Get a hat and like stand on the side of the road. <laughs> please please donate money so I can text Owen the picture of this cool monitor. <laughs> I want to do it today. I want to uh, wait. Yeah. Dude, that's going to be badass. I can't wait. It's going to be really, really cool. But yeah. there's always uh, there's always next year. Riley, Riley's like, you should just have a show when Eric's gone, which is like you and me talking Calibrates. I'm like, no, I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get a show on. There's no show while he's in Australia. Yeah. No. Because no. you'll be mad the whole show. I'll be pissed bitch. off the whole show. If somebody mentions the world of Australia, <laughs> just, just you're freaking out. Screaming into the microphone. Yeah. yeah. You Worst suck. episode ever. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't even know what to expect. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. Like, well, you even started. I, like, I, I know Carpet Fest is like so fresh in your freaking head. But once Carpet Fest is done, dude, does that mean that, like, like you got to start getting that shit ready, right? Or at least thinking about it. No, I'm all. I mean, I'm already kind of. That's kind of in my in my mind of like you know. But I got to solidify some stuff. Um, I guess as far as like, uh, you know, um, figure out like equipment wise, and you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know. That kind of stuff, square everything away, you know. Make of course, Dory is like, yeah, she, the crocodile gets <laughs> she's like, uh, you know, super like, oh, my God, you're going to be off the grid for like a week, you know. <laughs> like, that'll be the best week of your life. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back and be like, oh, you, yeah, all right. She's like, no, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, You know, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to react if I see a carpet python in a tree, you know what I mean? Like I, I just, to me, it's like, no, you I think about not, it. No, they're I in a cage. You mean, I will not know it. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, to, I know. I'm, but like, if you just, just <laughs> to say that you were going, you know, like right, if you yeah, were going to would Australia, be, like awesome, what would you, you think? Know? Like, I think somebody, the first thing linked in my head is whose carpet python got loose. But then it's like, no, wait, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, That's these okay. are where it's supposed to be. Like, what? Yeah. That would be my <laughs> wait first a minute, thing. What? Like, oh, shit, wait. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it, it would pretty much be, you know, the problem is, is that even herping around here doesn't prepare you for that because you know oh. what you're expected to seeing outside. I mean, pretty much, for, in order for you to get ready, you'd have to go into your backyard and see a Burmese python that didn't belong to you. You know, and that would be like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, that's, but then would also have to be one that is okay to live in your neighborhood. Like, oh, no, it's supposed to be there. So, I don't know. Maybe if you walk outside and saw a timber, I mean, where, you know, it technically it's supposed to be here, but you never expect to see it. Even then, I don't think it would have the same effect. You know, it, it's like, yeah, you, you're pretty much seeing a zoo. You're pretty much seeing our equivalent of a zoo animal in its natural habitat. You're seeing a tiger outside of a cage, you know, that's, oh shit kind of territory, but yeah, no, it's going to be badass. Yeah. See a scrub python in the wild, like, holy shit, but diamond python. Yeah. yeah. Diamond so. python's going to be cool. I mean, I don't know about you do, but some of the diamond pythons that we get pictures of, like wild ones, look better than some of the best breeding projects we have over here. Like they just look cooler. Yeah, I think I said this before, but the reason why we wanted to go in that area, well, you know, like Mm -hmm. why I wanted to go in that area is because, you know, one of the things they always talk about is this integrate zone. And again, this is, this is why sometimes, you know, I kind of, again, this is one of those things like, I like to talk to the people that are actually in Australia because Mm -hmm. they're there. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would be like somebody coming to us and talking to us about like I don't know what would be here, cotton mouse or something like that, uh, like or timber rattlesnakes or something. Have you ever or, actually seen one in the wild though? Here. What timber? Copperhead or timbers? Yeah. Well, no. copper. yeah, timbers, coppers, cotton mouse, anything. That's the one rattlesnake that I would love to see. That uh, would in be the... so awesome. 
because they're just they're my favorite rattlesnake. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but they are. I just really think they're really cool. And uh, the fact that they're in Pennsylvania, you know, we we even talked about doing that herping trip. Uh, we should we should do that this summer because it's not going to be one that's going to be really hard. Um, no. To do. We should just go do we'll it. Just I mean, that's head to your yard, for... man. It's probably... yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you know, I, I you need to go a little bit further away from me because I went with Andrew looking, and we went up to. Well, I think we went about an hour kind of westish, more towards uh, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh kind of thing. Um, and I think it's where you got to go. You just got to get away from the people. You'll find them. You just got to get away from the people. But I know we had a few people who went out and found a bunch of stuff. I know they're out doing that stuff again because I see them on, like, the Instagram feed and shit. So, right. you know, we may have to go out and do that. So, Yeah, it'd be cool. So William had a quick question, and this will be the last mm-hmm. thing we talk about before we, uh, you know, how do you avoid having people you don't really want to come out, local people for me? Um, you know, I guess what? he's afraid sure. of, like, oh, he, oh, there they are. That's <laughs> Over what? in the chat. Uh, Timbers. Look how badass that snake is, man. See? Told you. Oh, shit. That They're so cool pretty. Snake. They're pretty, and then so are freaking... I don't know about you, but man, cottonmouths are just really nice looking. Yeah. Yeah, I told you. My dad bred them. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat. Um, I watched a video with... Um, uh, tra- uh, Travis uh, from Living Legless Reptiles, I think is his uh, company name. Um, yeah. And, oh yeah, there you go, there you go, Copperheads. Right. Nice. Um, anyway, do you have bull snakes? Uh, no, I have pines. I had bull pines. snakes for the longest time. So he has a whole bunch of like uh, different. Um, They're cool bull snakes and stuff and like all different like localities and morphs and stuff like that. But, you know, I never noticed. And he had mentioned it is like how, like they're like a rattlesnake without a rattle, you know, mm-hmm. but they like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was pretty badass. Uh, it was on uh triple B TV thing. He did a yeah. video and checked out some of his stuff and uh, it, it was, it was pretty cool, man. They're pretty My cool. Snakes would do the same thing, but they're so calmed uh-huh. down. Like my baby, my baby pines. When I got when I got my pines as babies, they'd rattle, double s up, hiss, open mouth, do all that stuff. Now they just sit there. <laughs> it's like they they get to the, they get to the point where they're like, oh, you, hi. It's like, and the same thing went with the blue beauties. They used to puff up their necks. They used to open mouth hiss. Now they just sit there. I move them with my hand, and they're just like, oh, oh all right. Like so it's just the way it goes. It's like rough scales without the threat display or a frilled dragon without the, exactly. you know, the, the neck display. But, it's the, like, but, ah. but, but I will say, out of all of those things, bull snakes mm-hmm. hold on to that shit longer than everybody else. So I've had adult bull snakes, like full-blown adult bull snakes, open mouth hiss, wag your tail to the point where you get you can still freaking hear them a room away because they're hissing that loud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and crazy, man. Try, you should check out that video. Try breeding them because then it's just like, here you go. And then it's just noise screaming and throwing things. I, yeah. Mass insanity. And then eggs. That's how I pretty much <laughs> describe. Bull snake it's that breeding. good, huh? Lots of yeah. noise, mass insanity, and then eggs. 
So, yeah. Nice. I'm going to see if I can find here it is. Yeah. It's uh yeah, got let me see. Uh, it doesn't have a link. Wait, hold on. I hope this doesn't come through. <laughs> I hope that I did that come through? I hear something. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get the link real quick and uh let's see there we go. Um so to answer uh William's question, um I think it's because we kind of like police our own. And if you were to like come in and uh, take somebody's shit, like where are you going to sell it? And like, you would be, you would just be a uh, pariah of the reptile hobby. Well, I understand what he's saying is that you're a little concerned about people walking in with your shit, but here's the thing is that first off, no one's ever allowed in the snake room by them for themselves. I mean, the thing, I mean, even when I hosted carpet fest, you know, even when Howard hosted Carver Fest, I have I had enough people here that I knew would watch my back and watch my stuff to the point where you know if if I walked in there and shut down the entire thing because my rough scale wasn't in its cage, you know it would be found easily. Now, what you're saying now about the mites—that's why there are no animals allowed to be brought to Carpet Fest without the host's express permission. You cannot just show up with a box full of snakes. We will tell you to put that shit in your car. Yeah. On clothes? I guess they could be. Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) I don't know. I guess. You're right. You're right. If if you rolled in a box of mites and then came over, dude. All right. So we're going to prevent a mite every single person who walks in the house. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You know, it's one of the precautions. No, actually, I, I'll be honest. One of the things that I do, and this is probably just crazy, and I I, I haven't had an issue or whatever, but um, I take that. Uh, what's the stuff, Owen, that you told me to get from the cattle feed store that kills mites? Ivermectin. Yeah. So what I do is I kind of like mop the floor with that shit, <laughs> and yeah. you know. I don't know also, if it works or it doesn't work, but that's kind of why I do. So also, somebody's bringing also, it in on their clothes, know, hopefully. Jesus Christ. Also, if, you're, if you've never experienced mites before, congratulations. It hasn't gotten around to you yet. You know, it, it'll come. So, you know. You yeah, man, I, 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 still, I still don't – I guess that's just weird or like another yeah. like weird uh, reptile thing because like you don't mites. see – okay. You don't see like people react. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. if a dog has fleas, it's like, oh man, my dog has fleas. Like tonight, uh, Roxy had two ticks on her, right? So it's yeah, like, it's oh fun. shit, she's got two <laughs> ticks on her. Take it off, whatever. Da da da. Call it a day. You know, I get it. It's, it yeah. yeah, it's way more involved than than that with snakes. I get it, and you don't want to send somebody. I I understand all that. I'm just saying, yeah, like, it, we it have is, to, it's like, embarrassing, but it's like this weird. Thing like if somehow you've got mites that you're like a bad keeper, I, I don't know. Just it's a weird Dude, thing. It's like, so obviously you set up the quarantine thing, and obviously you know if you're gonna if you worry about everything though, you, there would never be a carpet fest. So we try to yeah we we try to get what we can, but we are still growing. I mean, obviously, what was it the first year somebody brought a box of wild caught baby scrubs and it was like okay. So we mm-hmm. had to make that roll. And then, like, you know, so we, we, we do roll with the punches. But, you know, 
you can be nervous about having some people into your room, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't open it up. I mean, like I said, uh, when I hosted Carpet Fest numerous times, I knew you were there. I knew Matt was there. I knew Chris Foley was there. I knew Buddy Buscemi was there. I knew Scott was there. I knew Howard was there. No, no matter how many new people there were, I knew that the people who wouldn't take my stuff and who wouldn't fuck with my collection outnumbered the people who could potentially do it. So I wasn't that concerned. So, yeah, I mean, it's just you put up certain rules. You put uh, you yeah. you put up certain stipulations of what, like for instance, like you know, people are asking, can they bring a snake to trade a snake or whatever? Look, man, I don't give a shit what it, you know if you're bringing it and you you have it in the yard or whatever, or like you have it in your car. Yeah, bring that shit in the house. It's not coming in the house. Yeah. It's just that simple. You know, well, and, and it's coming nowhere part. near my reptile room. Exactly. And reptile that's the room. Part is that people make these, um, people make these, you know, uh, deals and stuff without approaching the person who's hosting Carpet Fest first, and then they get shocked when you know either I or you or somebody else has to lay down the law. You know, we're sorry. Yeah. No. There are yeah. no live animals at Carpet Fest. If there is a live animal at Carpet Fest, it's because someone didn't freaking listen and brought it without it telling us. So that's where it goes. And yeah, you know, I mean, no, yeah, and then worrying about people breaking in and yeah, I guess I mean, yeah, man, that's that's all possibilities, you know. I mean, I don't know. I guess uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I, 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 we, it, we have a if if you worried about that kind of stuff. You would there would no never be a carpet fest. It's just that yes, simple. We we have a podcast. Steal from one of us and let me know what the next three episodes are going to be about. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, it will be about you, and it will be about how much of a douchebag you are, and all this other stuff. So yeah, I don't think anybody's going to steal from your collection, unless it's me. In which case, plus I, I have killer dash hounds. You know what I mean? I, I have, I have killer dash hounds. Dude, she, face, she will kill. I'd rather face zero in a bad mood <laughs> than Roxy. All right. <laughs> she would just straight up like attack. Did you see? Did you see that there was a lady? I, I don't mean to laugh at this, but there was an actually yeah. lady that was attacked by a, yeah, a herd of dachshunds. You know, I thought about her immediately. I'm like, Roxy would be the leader. I'm like, you know, like, oh shit. Like, we can take it. Yeah. Here we have like we're worried about uh, you know, pit bulls and stuff. And now it's like, holy yeah. shit, they ain't messing around. It's funny because you your two dogs are polar opposites. You have Roxy who's like Dory or die, and then you have Dexter who will literally cry if he cannot get touched by you. Who <laughs> you <are. laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's such a he's like uh he reminds me of like if a dog smoked weed. That's that. <laughs> he likes to eat and chill. That's it. You know. He's just like, yeah, man. I love you, man. Give me some. Give me some love. You know. And he's just like this dog that just wants to freaking love everything and sm- smoke some weed and eat some food. I can be in your basement. I'll, I'll I'll come in through the snake room door. I'll be in your snake room for like an hour. And then the second we go to like the other room, and like yeah. the door opens, and Roxy hears me, it's on. Like she's just oh, screaming yeah. her head off upstairs. Yeah. Like you know, that's just the way. She it thinks is. she's. So. She thinks she's this. She's like a wolf. She thinks she's like the <laughs> gray wolf. You know, it's like Roxy, you're as big as a you're as big as a wet as a rat. What are you doing? She's like, <laughs> 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 
Like yeah, Dex is like, you, you die. <laughs> yeah, Dex is like, just chill out, man. <laughs> but, oh uh, God, I'm excited, dude. I can't wait for Carpet Fest. This is kind of yeah. Like, this is the buildup, dude. We have we have next week, and then that's it, man. It's like I have to run get rodents this weekend so I can stock up and feed everybody. So then I can ignore them <laughs> <laughs> for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, uh, it's, it's coming quick and, um, I'm glad to see that there's, uh, there's a bunch of people that, uh, are taking the plunge, you know, some people, they don't keep carpets and, you know, you don't have to have carpet pythons, no. you know, there's plenty of, uh, you don't other even people. Need to have snakes. If you, no, you, you really don't. Turtles or rep- you don't even need reptiles. Just if you want to come and see what this is all about, this is the place to do it, and this is the time to do it because, you know, you're pretty much walking into a collection that rivals a lot of zoos' collections because Eric has pretty much freaking everything. So if you've ever wanted to be crammed into a tiny little room, a little tiny closet, <laughs> um, if you were ever curious about a certain species of snake, and it, there's a good chance Eric has it, and you can actually get upfront and personal with it. And this may be the time where you decide that this is something you want to get involved into. So, you know, this would be the perfect time to do it. Ask him what's going on, you know, and go see the snakes in the snake room at the allotted tour time. <laughs> yes. Once in a while, because we do have to run the auction before Chris Foley and the Prince get hammered and scream at me. I'm going to kill both of them. Yeah, I got to figure out how we're going to do that, but yeah, we're going to have to. It's going to have to. I can't spend the whole entire day in the snake no, room. You but, were dying. Uh, yeah, it's like eighty-five degrees in there. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're coming back and forth. Somebody please get me some water. Drinking water and going back in. Your throat, your voice was gone. Yeah, dude, it's. Uh, we'll try. To, we'll try to space that out a little bit better, but. But uh, yeah, with the amount of people coming, it might be uh, might be might be tricky, but. Um, yeah, we'll make it work. And uh right. I don't I don't need to tour your room. I'm good. Hopefully uh yeah, there's a lot of the people like yeah, you and Matt, you've seen it all. Rob, he, well, <laughs> he's he's coming in on Wednesday, so he'll exactly. tour. He gets his tour he's on got Wednesday. his own little private tour, you know. Yeah, Jesus. He'll be uh he'll be cleaning snake shit from Wednesday on. Good. So, uh, and then he and he and Chris better start on the gazebo. I mean, I expect to see some good some good yeah, headway. Dory's not he... messing around, man. She really Oh, damn. Gazebo, so they better chop chop, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you, you think I'm an asshole. <laughs> Dory's going to crack that whip. Yeah. They're like, "Come that on, gentlemen." More diggy. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, it's it's gonna be cool. So it's uh it's June ninth, uh it's in Warminster PA. Um I think food wise, we I think we're good. I don't know. We gotta look Jesus. at the list. I guess this weekend, uh, tomorrow yeah, I have off, I... so I'm gonna go through it and check it out and All right. I guess we also have to decide exactly what day. I think the best day to launch the auction would probably be the day you go on to from the ground up. Yeah. Maybe. Oh God, that's coming up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget oh. about that? Well, no, I keep re-remembering, and I'm like, oh crap. And then I'm like, eh, it's. A, I'm like, it's I just want to see you oh. on video. That's what I was. I'm like, that's the part that pisses me off. <laughs> it's like you know, I'm like, oh no, you've done it a million times. Shit, I have to actually like you know, I, 
And, and it's on <laughs> and it's on YouTube. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> no, I expect you to be there to protect me. You know, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be paying attention. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that should be cool, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's always cool to hear, uh, you know, I don't know. We never talk about, you know, whatever, but it'll be cool. So, well, what's I mean, that, Monday, just, right? Yeah, it's just going to yeah. be, it's going to be weird because it's like, Oh, and how'd you get your start into reptiles? Well, this is odd. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't... <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not how this well, goes. just like everybody else. <laughs> I once liked dinosaurs. I love, and, uh... I'm gonna try to think of some, I got to try to think of something good. Because it's like, I don't want to... You have to tell anything. your rogue story. Of yeah, course. That, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like classic. Duh. Yeah. Course, yeah. I mean, so. that just has to happen. <sighs> But yeah, so uh, oh yeah, Matt Moyle's coming too, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got uh, a couple steaks with not snakes, steaks. Steaks, steaks. <laughs> yeah. Matt Moyle brings with, steaks, delicious steaks. With uh, um, Eric and Owen branded on the the steak, so we should be good. But no, the dude, the one he brought here for you know when I hosted was freaking delicious, and it was just cooked right. And the problem is, is that you know we cooked it at like what two in the morning. Like, yes, I, I would. I would much rather have somebody just waited because I had already been eating and drinking all day, and I'm like, ugh. And it was so freaking good, but, uh, but, yeah. I, my recommendation yeah. is eat it immediately. <laughs> it's like when it gets there, quick cook it and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you fill up on other stuff. But, yeah, that uh, was really good. It hit the spot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, next week. David Brahms um, specialty enclosure designs. Um, cool. The one thing really that I wanted to talk to him about more than anything was rain chambers. So uh, he does some things with his uh, green trees um, with rain chambers and such, yeah. and some of the different species of pythons and, you know, some boas and stuff. I think uh, maybe we're overlooking the use of that, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, I know you and Chris have talked about in the past about with white lips and, you know, rain and, you know, that well, kind know of thing. That, Maybe it would work. Well, I know that it's, it's also, it's very important to some species. I mean, it's something that I was actually talking to some collier bird guys about what the Madagascan hognose might need. And mm-hmm. a few of them are saying a monsoon season. So yeah. we may have to just dump it in. So, and I know that Chris did that with his monocle cobras. So some some of them it might be very important. So. Yeah, so that's next week. And then obviously the week after that will be, uh, you know, Carpet Fest roundup. Carpet Fest. After talk, what went on and whatnot. And then we'll swing back into our normal uh, scheduled programming. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have some uh, cool guests lined up and whatnot. Um, I was trying to get somebody to come in and talk ring pythons, but unfortunately uh, the person that I had in mind, um, they're over across the, across the pond. And uh, they were just, uh, they're Scottish right up your territory, Owen. That and, is, uh, yeah. The accent, they were afraid they wouldn't be able to understand. <laughs> better, better, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah. what they're going to do, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say who it is. It, well, they're, they're really, big into uh ring pythons but anyway uh i i had asked maybe if 
they could share uh, maybe some of the things that they do. And then me and you could just kind of talk ring pythons. And we still have Don Patterson at some point. He's going to talk ring yeah. pythons in the future, but I know he's having some uh, health issues and it's kind of uh, not allowed him to uh, come on as of yet. But, you know, there's right. a couple other shows in the works and whatever. I think we're working on trying to get Vin Russo to come on, which would be cool, you know, to talk yeah. to uh, talk to Vin. Um, but, uh, yeah, cool stuff lined up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, moreliapythonradio.com info at moreliapythonradio.com is our email. And yeah, just come out to Carpet Fest, man. If you're, if you're in the area, uh, I promise you, you will have a great time. Um, yeah, cause we got to do some, uh, YouTube video and stuff, uh, of that. Of at Carpet so, Fest? Yeah, so that's why I can't spend like all my time and uh you know, I want to get some video of it. You know. Well, you so. know, and then there's also the, you know, I know you're very you're you're very excited and want to show your room to people and stuff like that, but this is also the second year in a row that you've hosted it. So some people who are returning may not need to abruptly get in there immediately to say someone who has never been to your place, never seen your stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got some new stuff and some, you know, the babies that, you know, that'd be cool for people to check out some of the crazy babies that have hatched out over the uh, past couple months. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Get it out of here. Card yeah. and gift, you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everybody gets a baby. You get a baby and you get a baby. Look under your chair. There's babies. <laughs> Welcome to Carpet Here's your constantly. Yeah. Here's a complimentary uh, popcorn. Take that, all the other carpet fests. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're expecting that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it should be a good time. So, um, yeah, and for myself, ebmorelia.com. My email is eric at ebmorelia. You can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Sorry, I've been slacking on the YouTube as of late, but it really has to just do with the carpet fest. Once that's done, I'll be back in the swing of things hmm. and Life will be good. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, check out all the stuff we got going on at Rogue. Uh, you can also go on facebook.com and check out uh, Rogue Reptiles on Facebook. Um, when it comes to stuff we got for sale, you can definitely go to either one of those. Uh, usually if I do sales, they'll be on the Facebook page first and then trickle into the website later. So if you want up-to-date prices, you should go there. Um, also, we did a, I did a just update the breeding journal with all the clutches that we have so far. We're still waiting on a few. And uh, keep that in mind. If you see anything you like and want to get put on any kind of a wait list, let me know. If you do not see eggs in any of the pictures, it means that I do not have them for that animal. There are no white lips. Please stop asking. Anyway, so um, that's all we have for you guys tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening. We're going to check everybody back here next week for some more Rally Python radio. Good night. <laughs>